Hey, folks, sorry about last week. Sorry. We got a lengthy show for you today. I think it's good in some ways. It started good. We did a real deep dive on um, not gay culture, but gay sex culture. And just whether you uh, totally wanna... out of a place of ignorance on my, I just I, I didn't really I wasn't I wasn't looking for the answers right. per se. Well, but the real fun is whether you want to participate in the discussion. You did or not. Several of you are in the discussion. Yeah, it's only metaphorical, maybe. <laughs> Honestly, with some of you, I'm not entirely sure. But but uh, yeah, we I think we spent like a good thirty minutes on the I intricacies learned, I, of topping and bottoming. Listen, I learned. I can I can come away from tonight's pod. And feel secure that I actually know a little bit more today mm-hmm. about how the operational sexuality how the, how the of fudge gay men. Well, you know how the or lack thereof, <laughs> ideally, you know. You know how the sausage is made. Yeah, and then we. It's not. I don't know. We talk about a lot of things. It was a good show. We had I, some good laughs. So. Yeah. The end was funny, even though it was a little bleak. There was a good funny moment there with the, oh, well, I don't even know why I got ship there. director. Yeah, but the cruise ship director, <laughs> that guy, he's okay. We can revisit that. The cruise ship to Mars director. And what a shit show that would be. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's it's listenable. I think it's, it's listenable. It's a good show. We talked a little bit about a golf. It's been a good out. day. And we're going out. We're going, going out. we're going to play. Yep. We should do I thought about it. In the in the off moments we get a chance, we should we should maybe do a like a special uh, special edition. Like whatever content, fifteen minutes we, we could, could put together. Post, we could do a post round fifteen minute. Oh, I don't. I don't discussion. know about that. I say. I say like we'll, we'll probably have moments that we can record little snippets about in game, as it were, not play by play, obviously, but okay. certainly something like you know. If I take another <laughs> golf ball to the shoulder, I think we can pop the pot on. Oh, Jesus, I'm I'm excited to go back because I'm familiar with the terrain, mm-hmm. but I'm also terrified of getting dinged with a ball because the, literally the next time we went, you didn't get hit. But that was when that dude like literally whisked it through my shirt, mm-hmm. and I just looked at Drew like if that had hit, that would have hurt so bad. It's not pleasant, but I will say, having played there a hundred times, I've never been hit like that. That was a seems like a one off. Yeah, I thought about though, like damn, that thing was literally a foot away from hitting me right squaw in mm-hmm. the forehead or some shit or in the eye, where God forbid, you know. I, yeah, but yeah, no, it should be fun. I think, um, and the weather's gonna be just just perfect. Yeah, I, I heard that there's a slight chance of rain, but it's not. I didn't it's see. It's not that. possible. It's not likely. There's, it's this. We're saying this a couple of days ago. Yeah. But yeah, it's October. Like this is. Even though I'm still going to sweat. Oh well, yeah, for this sure. This is the time. This is the time of year for golf. I mean, do you have a goal? A golf goal? Yeah. Score. Uh, no, I don't have a score goal because I've never even kept one. Like mm. I don't. I don't know what's reasonable. I think you got to have a goal. I think whether it's a score or something else, I think you need to go into a round. In my mind, I, I go into every round like that. Do I want? Like, is my goal today to get a birdie? Is oh, my yeah, goal for sure. To, my, my goal to be green in regulation on nine of eighteen holes. I mean, I have multiple goals. One is to. I've been driving straight. The two times we went out, I sliced a lot of drives. My goal off the tee is to drive straight. But also, another goal I have is to play smart. Like I realized when Dad and I played, like even if it's a driving hole. It's not always the smartest move to drive. Mm. Like, I just drive anyway. Like I, I thought more about my second shot the last time I played than I ever have before. There you go. Like where do I want to be for the next one? We should have just done. Uh, it, looking back, we should have done a golf pod. Well, we can pivot. We can pivot. <laughs> just do nothing but golf. Yeah, we'll just pivot to a golf. Kristen will stop listening. But, you know, she doesn't like it. 
What is Chris? That's one aspect. Just before we go here and cut you into the actual episode, where does she enjoy this? Does she like the new golfing Brent, the sportsman? Uh, I don't know that she has an opinion one way or the other. Doesn't really care. It makes you happy. That has to make her happy. She doesn't. Uh, she doesn't guffaw when I say I'm going to go hit balls. You know? I, know, it's just, I just thought about that once recently. I was like, you know, for a guy to go from like not anti-sports, but certainly apathetic mm-hmm. to sporting things, you seem like you're really all in. Like you've really, like for some people, they might misconstrue this mm-hmm. as some kind of not like crisis or anything, but some kind of like a hobby. Like for some people. They they watched Free Solo and said I'm gonna I'm gonna climb rocks mm-hmm. and they did it for like four months yeah and they scaled a few tiny little fucking nothings they got crazy about it and bought all the gear but now right. it just sits in the fridge right or fridge in the uh, garage but like uh, I just wondered if she thought this was it seems to be like you're actually into this for the long haul and I just yeah, thought that might be well, it's gotta mean, be kind of abrasive to go from non sporting at well, all as far to, I said this to the guy that makes my coffee drinks in the morning we were. We've never really chatted, and he's new, and he's trying to get to know regulars. And I'm not a daily regular, but when we don't make it at home, I go to this coffee shop. Mm. And he said, what are you into? you watch UFC or anything? And I, I said... <laughs> this guy's he's really asking if you top or bottom. <laughs> but anyway. I said, no, I don't really watch any sports. I don't even have live TV. I said, if I watch any sport at all, it's golf. And I watch, like, highlights on YouTube or the amateurs I like, you know, or pro-ams, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you would call Rick Shields. He's, he's a PGA pro. He's a professional. He's, he's not a tour player. But he's a professional. Right. Um, I said, but the only reason I even like watching it is because I play it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, has, I said, I have a feeling if I was a UFC fighter, <laughs> like throwing punches on a regular basis, I'd be more inclined to watch it. Uh, I said, but the thing with me and golf that I like is I don't need anybody to go do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a huge social circle. Most of my close friends have moved to other states. I don't really hang out with anybody outside of you and my mm-hmm. my wife. Yeah. So the fact that I have something that I can go do that feels social. <laughs> but isn't. But isn't. <laughs> and I don't need anybody else to be there. I like nice. that. It and feels social. And it's, and it's results-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I and you're mean, only playing you. The greatest yeah. thing about golf, it, it, I guess there's elements of that in tennis as well, but you're, I mean, not really because you're, you're playing against somebody. Mm-hmm. But golf, you're just playing yourself, man. For me, it You can just, only be disappointed and you can only be happy in yourself. It checks all my boxes. You know, like when I got into tailoring a few years ago and started my Instagram and it was all suit heavy, like I was in hardcore. The thing about that, if you're going to maintain it, is you have to keep buying. Mm-hmm. You don't just get a suit and just wear that. Oh, one. I'm aware. You get more. Mm-hmm. You know. Similarly with cameras, I you know I pivoted into cameras. I'm doing photography semi professionally. You know, I do. You know, you saw that model stuff I was doing. But even that, even though it's a fun hobby and I haven't lost interest in it, you still you have to buy more shit. You realize like, oh, this girl wants a certain kind of shot. I need a certain kind of model. But with golf. Like I have my clubs, mm-hmm. I have my bag, and now now all it is, the the routine or the things that you have to keep spending money on, so to speak, is the range, is the is the course. I don't have to go buy anything else. Now the activity is literally just the act of doing it. See, I actually have a great hack for us, and then we can actually wrap this up when we get to the thirteenth hole. Mm-hmm. It it kind of catty corners up to the range. I've been taking about 40, 50 balls that sit right off the cart path. They're mm-hmm. the range balls. I just put them in a Kroger bag. I haven't paid for the range in a minute. 
Because oh. I just take those Kroger bags that next week, and I'll just walk out on their driving range. Oh, so you're, you're saying when we get to the 13th hole, we're going to scavenge for balls? It's not scavenging. They're, they're fucking hundreds sitting right there, and they're just range balls, so no one touches them. And I'm not stealing. I'm just going to come back and hit the same balls right back over here. Mm. I'm just not going to pay. I'm out. My, my thing is, like, mm. all right, I'm out here at least, seems like once a week. It's probably not. But I play that particular course a lot. Yeah. I've paid for a lot of range time at that place. And I'm like, you know, you don't have your 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 grass is terrible. There's, so every time I every time I pay every time I pay to hit on your range, I'm really actually not getting any practice because I'm hitting off dirt and I have no idea what the ball's gonna do. Yeah, that's I said it on the pot. That's the other reason I don't hit off the grass at the range I go to, because it's dirt. It's dirt. It's 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 not a range. It gives me no idea what my shot's gonna do. And and it's highly frustrating. That's the worst part about it is like I normally know that I hit my seven iron about 140 yards Mm -hmm. and I barely got to one hundred. Yeah. And it like I'm literally hitting the opposite of that is if you go to Northcrest and you hit and you hit off the artificial stuff you're like, yeah, but you don't know. You're probably scuffing the ground. Like, no, I know exactly then when I'm hitting the ball first. Yeah. And I also know if I see a spark with the driver, I hit the ground first. Yeah. If I duff, I, I feel the bounce of the club, and I know that that would have been a shit shot because I would have mm-hmm. caught all my dirt. I can gauge more on the artificial turf Absolutely. than by dropping 45 to 100 balls onto this fucking oh, man, goat you patch. practice on what you play on, man. <laughs> you got to practice on what you play on. I'm like, no, no. No, I, get, I get a much There's better a read on the art. Of, the yeah, the mats are there no, for a I have reason. news for you. If you go play St. Andrews, in the, is it St. Andrews uh, in Scotland? In yeah, in Scotland. Mm-hmm. If you go play there in their off season, they require that you carry a mat with you on the cart so that you don't ruin the, the fairway. Yeah, because like, you're terrible. Yeah, and they so, know that. <laughs> so, you know, mats that are would, a thing. Wouldn't that be sad? You have to, you're playing St. Andrews, but you hit a great drive, it rolls out 300 with the wind in the middle of this big, wide, sloping. But because it's fucking February, you're, some Scottish lad shows up with a fucking artificial turf, picks up your ball, and just drives. That's what have, they do. Have food. That's what they do. They, I watched a guy, the guy that makes YouTube videos, they give you, it's a little like 12 by 12 patch, and they, you, you, know, you get to your lie, you lift it up, put the mat down, put it back down. Yeah. I'd probably play better, but I wouldn't feel like I actually played. There's some place he played. I want to say maybe it was Australia. It was like it was desert. It was <laughs> sand and, and more sand, and then the greens were brown because they would put oil down in the sand to compact it. Mm-hmm. And when you play there, you have a little patch of turf that you carry with you for every shot that you put down so that you're not fucking up your golf clubs. <laughs> That's absurd. <laughs> Just don't build a golf course out there. But and enjoy the show. Sorry I got golf heavy again. Yep. W-F-U-C-K! The band! Oh. Listen, this I get way. it. You don't, you don't like dirt. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. You don't have... We, 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 we didn't... <laughs> Press record. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, we weren't recording, and, not and he'll never know what you said. But yeah, that's fine. That's not at all what just happened here. <laughs> at all. Braves want a playoff series. Are you aware? Civil rights has already been decided. You can't vote on it. <laughs> I need to watch this or listen. I should say. Uh, the, I I don't know anything about the Braves baseball. I'm just saying it's been. Nineteen years since they won a playoff series. Mm. So I was seventeen the last time they did what they did today. Got it. So it's playoffs. I mean, I know you're not invested at all. 
You don't care at all. No. At all. Not even a little bit. I like that. <laughs> I wish I could get as uninvolved in politics as I am with professional sports. Easy. <laughs> Easy. That's just like there's something that there's something that moves the needle in politics it's funny. for me. So I don't want to get into it. I don't want to do that. I try I tried to avoid it last you week. Talk, you don't nah, want to talk about the not debate? politics. We could we, you can discuss the debate and because I mean, really politics don't. isn't fun. But what I was going to say was I really if, don't want to talk about the, the debate. There's nothing to talk about. But it's funny because I think normally people that you know. 2020-ish follow you on social media mm-hmm. or know that you've been a character on social media in the past. It's like there's this void now because I'm not doing it. And this is this does this does say like makes me sound like I'm tooting my own horn. But people are like texting me now for my opinion who I ordinarily wouldn't. Does that make sense? Yep. Because I'm not putting it out there. So I got like a series of texts from several different people on debate night and each one of them is kind of trying to provide a play-by-play. Mm. And not like you did. Like, I was asking, like, when you were like, I think he just endorsed the Proud Boys. I was like, <laughs> oh, I'll look into that. And you just sent me the video yeah. in case we didn't we didn't go back and forth. No. But, and this... I, I rewound it to video. No, 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 I saw it later. It was, it was not great. But, uh, yeah, they're giving me this running dialogue. And it's kind of like one of those texts where it's like, they're doing everything they can to not ask you what your opinion is, or they're just saying like, "Oh yeah. wow, I can't believe he said that." Oh, oh wow. wow, isn't this so isn't ridiculous? Yeah, and it's just kind of—he's being a retard. I just said, "Don't you agree?" And then like, there, there's well, a few. There's a few people in this text thread that are pro-Trump, <laughs> yeah. but but not like MAGA hat wearers. They're just people that still think that it's only ever about the economy. Let's see over under on RBK having a MAGA hat. Hmm. I don't think you can do an over-under <laughs> with, is he wearing a MAGA hat? Does he have? Does he have a hat? I think he has a hat. You Probably he... gifted to him by another MAGA hat wearer <laughs> who he would collaborate that's with. How they, that's how they spread. Sure. It's, it's like a swastika armband. Like, hey, that's cool. Can I have one? Yeah, I've got one right here for you. I'd be more... I wouldn't... <laughs> I don't care about the MAGA hats. I'd be more interested if, any, if RBK... Or secretly, Allen, who I think is more likely, is has like read material on the Proud Boys, has done like investigatory work about. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they have anything near me. Well, because of that debate, they're getting lots and lots of media attention now. Every time they mention QAnon, it shoots up too. I, I don't <laughs> like think the first thing I saw on Facebook the other day was somebody. Uh, it might have even been Hoyt or somebody else. Somebody shared a picture of a black Proud Boy. It was like, yeah, they're out there. Yeah, they're out there. <laughs> but but it's kind of like being a black person in Arizona. You're there, but you're not like... I think you're more like... I would have gone with Minnesota. Cause no, I know when the, I went the to least Minnesota, black state in the entire union per capita is Arizona. And it's actually not that close. I, just I, don't, mean, I don't know what, yeah. what the... I'm sure there's a myriad of reasons for that. But. I just remember I spent seven days in North Mankato, Minnesota once... And I realized about four days into it, I have not seen a black person. I mean, would you? <laughs> is, it, is it the cold? Probably. Because like, it's like minus. And then I went to my buddy's church, and there was one. I was like, hey, there's one. Token. <laughs> there's token. So like, no, I don't, I don't know about that. But to me, all you got to know is that the FBI classifies them as a alt-right extremist group with close ties to white supremacy. 
I don't think it's like close ties anymore. <laughs> it's just tied yeah. to white. You can't. At what point do you stop being closely tied yeah, to something? Somebody, I think it was on the Corolla podcasts. Uh, somebody brought up, you know, what the Southern Poverty Law Center classifies them as, and Corolla was like, "Don't use them." So the Southern Poverty Law Center classifies anyone who disagrees with them as a racist bigot. Mm. Don't use them. Find some find some other source to point to, and then they Google is like, "All right, here's what the FBI says." Like, yeah, go with that. No, I'm <laughs> not. I, I'm gonna say, "Fuck Adam Corolla." <laughs> he was making the point: if you're gonna make that argument, the first thing that someone in a Trump seat is gonna come back to you with is the Southern Poverty Law Center's yeah, bullshit. because Corolla's in the Trump seat. Well, yeah, but he's a fucking idiot. I've seen. I've been following some of that morons. He's all. He's lost the plot, but he's making. He's hitting his audience. He's still super successful. So good on him. But the things pivot. he says are. Yeah, we should just if we just pivot towards the right. But to to, to denigrate the Southern Poverty Law Center and say that they just say everyone's a hate group is not only like lazy. It's got your. your it's a targeted mission there. You're, Don't they kind of. No. Okay. If you if you align yourself with white supremacy and you and what you put out via the interwebs or, or literature and any other, I mean, it's clear what the Proud Boys are. It's not some fucking thing where it's like, yeah, there's any room for misconstrue here. They, they are a hate group. Mm-hmm. If the Proud Boys had their way, they, they would be together with the Boogaloo Boys. Like it's the same. Shirts. It's the same group. Well, they have different shirts. Well. <laughs> That's what's funny is that fashion trends now have to like stop making shirts because one of the one yeah, of the Fred, other starts Fred, to yeah. Fred Perry quit making the navy and gold. Uh, yeah, Fred Perry polo. Just, just what's funny too is I heard that Gavin McGinnis, the guy who started it, he disavowed himself from it like a while ago because according to him, he's he's like an alt right satirist. Basically, he's basically like a, a Milo Milo Yiannopoulos wannabe, so to speak. You know, trying to get some fame, so he starts this club kind of as, as a joke to kind of mock the situation. I'm, I'm going to take this from you. For, I, I deserve fine. some fan what? for a second. Because it's cooling off, but it's uh, it's warm in here. That one's going to be loud. Not you don't think so? We're going to have a little vortex going in here now. If, you, if you're getting, if it sounds like we're on board a ship at sea today. No, no. I'm in, Hey, I'm in fan of it. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, oh, that's wonderful. Now we've created a wonderful yeah. and your hair's blowing. <laughs> this will make for better pot visually. Yesterday. I just washed mine today. Every couple of days. Uh, ever, I, I didn't know that, by the way. Let's take a hard until, right. Like, recently? Yeah, we'll take oh. a hard right into no, nowhereville here. <laughs> when I went to get my hair cut that one time some months ago, lady was going on and on about how beautiful my hair is. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sure you do this with everyone. And she was like, here's some here's some things I'm noticing, yada. And she starts going down this list, and she says, and you don't want to wash it every day. In fact, you don't even really want to wash it every two days. You yeah. want to wash it, like, every three to four days. And yeah. I was like, that's not going to work with me. I, I, I understand that women can do that. you got to realize, when it gets wet, it's in my butt crack. Well, I mean, like, generally. <laughs> like, I, I just, like, today I went out, you know, it's a lovely day. I don't mm. know how high. I think it's, like, mid-70s today, even yeah. at the hottest. Went out. Dropped V off, got a few hours of time, went to the putting green at the driving range, stood out there for an hour. Again, no overexertion, not hot, just putting and chipping. And I mm-hmm. got home, and I was there's a just a nice layer of permafrost underneath my shirt, and just <laughs> just nasty. Yeah. And then it, and this long hair for someone who had never dealt. If that first quarter inch sweats at all, mm-hmm. it just becomes just a mess after mm. and so four days I was yeah. like but 
I've, I've kind of gotten to a two or three day swing. I've always, I mean, the woman that used to cut my hair when I kept it short told me that, especially in my case, because I have dry scalp. And if I over shampoo, I, it's dandruff sitting. And she's like, all that is is your shampoo and your hair too much. Oh, my God. She's like, you need to go, like, every few days. So, dandruff. I had a, a big problem with that yeah. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, as most bo- men that have made it this far and boys can tell you now, my hygiene was suspect at best from 14 to yeah. 15. Yeah. I kind of fi- I realized at 16, you got to fucking do better at this. Mm-hmm. Some guys don't ever get yeah. there, but there was some time there. I, the, the dandruff wasn't so much something I was dealing with because it was just bound to happen. It was right. because I wasn't, you know, doing appropriate steps to take care of my scalp, yeah. whatever. So I used to be really self-conscious of it, and that's why I kind of no moved black out of it. No shirts for you. No, no. I mean, I, it was like, <laughs> and I got picked on a few times because of it, you know. Yeah. It's just bad. But when I, I last time I played cards, which would have been who knows how long now. It certainly hasn't been during the pandemic. But there was a guy to my left, and it, I've talked about these games, but there, this night was weird because the normal hostess was not there, and there was these two... I'm not going to say they were I had never seen them before there's two hostesses I had also never seen two it only ever been one and generally this that hostess the only thing I've ever seen these girls do is make dinner bring dinner get drinks get beers pour shots mm-hmm. get, get get a highball yeah. run and get packs of cigarettes light your cigarette if you're outside all yeah. the things you would assume that a hostess would do at a card game these two were making the rounds giving out back rubs and I'm going to say that the normal hostess how many boxes is even in the 2020 woke terms the normal hostess was a, a, a very much a you will like a hot Brent but a woman because she was fully she's fully tatted mm. from like shoulders neck all the way down and she's pinup girl hot yeah. with big fat tits and just just she makes it all fun to look at, but she's also one of the nicest people ever. And there's never been any, it's like I tell Leah, there's never any weirdness where you're like, you know, if, if I if I asked, could he like a handy? In how the much back? of a hostess are you? How much, yeah, like how far does your hostessing go? <laughs> but I, it's never out there. It's not even something in four or five years it's ever thought of. But these two girls were more... They were black and, and more looked like they were coming from Magic City mm. kind of look. Yeah. Like they looked like more like when I say they were working, Yeah, I got the sense that they were working. Yeah. Like hustling and working. Yeah. And that made me a little on like a vibe's no good there because you got here's the thing. I don't trust anybody at these games. Yeah. But you you always have to keep in the back of your mind what you're doing is illegal, and there's anywhere from thirty five to forty thousand dollars on the table in value, mm-hmm. let alone what he might have in his back locked room that he keeps two keypad locks on. Is this, guy, uh, is this guy affiliated with anybody? No, I, no, absolutely not. Not to my knowledge. He yeah. runs this game with, in conjunction with a group of other people, but there's no nefarious Russian like angles. You've never been robbed in the middle of a game. No. No, and the guys that they play this game, I and mean, this is why they've all started this together, is because they all have these crazy experiences like that. Mm-hmm. Where they, they play suspect games knowing full well that eventually this game will either be A, busted, or two, robbed. It's just, so they, they kind of, they're doing their thing now, and they have it for 20 years to avoid that. They've built a reputable game. So you sit in there, and Tanisha comes over and says, yeah. baby, you got some dandruff well, on no. your shirt. See, I don't have this problem anymore. <laughs> she, came, she came over, and she's like, you want back rub? 
And I said, oh, no, I'm good. I know I never do the back rib. One, because I, come on. I, no. I, it's like, <laughs> gross. Yeah. And two, it's like, Can I, I take don't. take my shirt off? I don't care how much I'm up in chips. Yeah. Like, if I buy in for three, four hundred, $500, <clears> and I double in, in two hours, triple in a few more, like, I could have anywhere from $1,500 to $2,000 in front of me. I still don't want to pay you a $50 chip for that 30 sec, thirty minute massage. It's not really, you're not licensed. <laughs> yeah. You're just a person giving back rubs. That's a, f- and, and, just, and here's the I'm thing. I'm just going to make you an get, assumption you, here. I'm willing to bet these two girls have very long nails. No, they were, <laughs> let me, let me preface. I said they were pretty. There yeah. was nothing. These were pretty girls. They were definitely dressed a little bit more cl- scattle, scantily. I think I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah. Uh, pretty girls can still have false nails. I know, but this doesn't, this isn't BAPS, okay? That great movie from the 90s. This is not some fucking... I'm not saying that like, like they were for Freaknik or anything. I'm just saying these... But again, I, I always watch the players, and I'm like, I don't care how much I'm up in chips. I don't ever want to say to myself, oh, I'm sure this massage is worth 50 fucking dollars. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not pinching pennies here, but I'm saying... I'm sorry, but your shitty, half-hearted yeah, you back rub is not worth 50 fucking dollars. And I don't think... Look, if you turn around and gave her a 20 chip, she'd probably look at you funny. But she's not going to say anything. Mm. But I've watched these tables for so long that I got the general going rate is 50 is dollars. Two green chips or a black chip or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. Anyways, the guy to my, right, to my left goes, yeah, I'll take one. I'm not paying this guy much attention. He's been drinking all night. He's playing real loose, which is fine. But I'm not really like eyeballing the shit out of this man but after about five or six minutes she's rubbing him down and she's going low on his thighs like rubbing him down his thighs rubbing on the top of his ass like right up where those muscles are on your hips and she's rubbing his back and then she runs her hands into his hair from behind and starts deep scratching his scalp and that is when it, the magic started to happen or it depends on how you look at it because I was disgusted I happened to be right to his right sure it the dandruff on the green and this is green felt once it's there it's there you can barely get crumbs off of time out we're gonna need a vacuum yeah and some hand sanitizer (laughs) this guy's gotta go and ma'am I will take that aside holy shit just not I need you to go sanitize because you're (laughs) she went through his hair and he didn't look gross didn't look greasy he didn't look he looked no I mean it was as if it was a literal snowstorm I I watched it come down he was so drunk on beer that he was just he had his eyes closed just getting rubbed you know moving with her hands his head's moving in her hand and I'm like she has to see this (laughs) but to her credit she pushed forward and got like a hundred dollar little hand-me-down for this but it was all and then the best part was when he came kind of to after it was all you know he got involved in a hand he used the cards to scoop up a dandruff pile on the green felt table i literally turned to the guy running the game at the dealer i should say the guy that runs the game sits off but i turned to the dealer and i was like hey man can we get a new deck i said it as i'm watching and i didn't think anyone else saw me yeah but players request new decks all the time if you sit there for two hours and you don't get a hand you can ask you'd be like damn man i'm card nick can we get a can i get a new deck mm-hmm. as long as everyone's cool with it then yeah but when I, I, I didn't think anybody saw it i wasn't trying to call the guy out i just mm-hmm. said hey can we get a new deck and the dude to his right or to his left was like yeah man we need a new deck because I was like, he, we looked over at the same time, <laughs> and there's this pile, pile yes, a fu- like flaky fucking bad boys too. Yes. Like, 
And it was he was piling it up with the cards and just then more people we were like, Yeah. We need two yeah, new decks. We're gonna need two new decks. <laughs> and like my friend said, he's gotta go. <laughs> The, uh, Sir Dandruff with the scoops a, a lot over here. <laughs> Actually, better yet, let's hang it from his ears so it catches all the future flakes. You know what? I would love some Frosted Flakes. To top way. that story off, I do believe one of the girls gave a Monica Lewinsky in the back. I'm almost 99% on it, and it made me feel really uncomfortable, and that's the last time I ever played at that guy's game. I, I, now that's going to cost you more than a $50 chip. Yeah. The, the dude that did it is super loaded and always just bought in for like $5,000 because he could. Is this the guy with like t- nine green eggs and, you know, makes... You know, no, goes crazy with that the, guy doesn't play the the real games. Okay, he could. I don't know why he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't like this. I mean, that, for some people, even they got a lot of money. Mm. Those kind of swings, it's heart beating. It's not for everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's not for me. I don't even have the money to play those games. I just play. I just have a set thing I go and do, and I have fun and I entertain and I have a good time at the table. Some of these guys, I mean, their idea of poker is a twenty five dollar night. With their friends, fifty dollar buy-in with their tournament with their friends, nine people. You know, this is not that. This is you'll sit down for five hundred dollars and have someone sitting down right next to you with five thousand who doesn't give a fuck about you and Mm. is going to call you down just because he doesn't like the look of you. Yeah, it's just a different game. So Mm. for a lot, even with guys like that that has you know white suit wearing people serving dinner at a normal. Those are our normal card games. Those are our friendly five guys around a table game. He doesn't come play these games because he doesn't have the fucking balls for it. I mean, I would tell them that to his face, too. Mm. Be like, I don't have a lot of money, but at least I'm going. To, I'm willing to go sit at this table with what little I have. You think he's a listener? I hope not. <laughs> Actually, I mean, maybe, maybe you need to be told some things yeah. like this from time to time. Like, yeah, hey, like, hey, he, he talks about, I, I do, because it's funny, because like, he talks a big game about the stock market. It's something, even if I, no, even, even if I had money, even if I had money, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't really dabble, dabble, in quotes, in the stock market. I, mm-hmm. I might invest in certain, like, you know, I wouldn't, nothing's concrete, yeah. but I'm not going to play the market. This guy touts his wins a lot, and I, without ever talking about his losses. Yeah. But he touts his market wins a lot. And I'm like, if you're willing to put your balls out like that over thousands of dollars mm-hmm. and have no control over it, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you be willing to sit down for 500 and see if you can turn that into 3000 tonight rather than speculate and buy $5,000 worth of some stock? Hope that's all you got. Yeah. Just hope that those things do well or something crazy happens or you bet on a future and it goes right and you make a bunch of money but why wouldn't you be willing to do the same thing in kind of a micro level and go sit down in front of 10 other guys and try the same thing so it's just funny when he talks about the cojones for the market but no cojones when it comes um, time to green egg guy please keep, <laughs> please keep listening if he listens <laughs> that would actually explain why we don't talk a lot anymore <laughs> we don't really text much. Yeah, we used well, to text a lot. Could be COVID too. It could be. You know, it could be a COVID text situation. Well, speaking of like, not necessarily gambling, but like we're playing golf on Sunday. Are we gonna play for score? Or are we gonna play best ball? I'm not playing best ball. No. No. Okay. I'm going out there. I just right now. I I had a really magical day at the range, and yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out with a witness. <clears throat> so I'm trying to figure out. Somebody had to hold the video phone. Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to figure out because I made some. I actually tried to make adjustments, and whatever adjustments I made worked. So I'm trying to see 
how this is. I'm, every round I play now has a, has a mission. Mm. Shot by shot, I'm trying to hit that shot. <clears throat> it's like the old adage, one at a time. Yeah. I, I don't want to leave. I don't want to play best ball with anyone just because I feel like that's not conducive to what I'm trying okay. to do right now. No, that's so. I, if you, it's not to me, what I'm saying is I'm not going out there to try to beat you. Yeah. I'm not going out there with any kind of competition other than with myself. I'm not doing match play. <laughs> no, I don't even like match play. Yeah. I don't, I, no, that's fine because I. It occurred to me this this outing will be the first time or second time really that I've gone out where I have a decent handle on my swing, decent. So the la- the first time being when I went out with dad and, and my brothers and we played best ball. So I don't really know what I shot. I know that together we hit an eighty seven. So, Which is terrible for best ball. <laughs> I just want to preface. Well, and well, here's the thing: that particular game, neither Dad nor Brian had swung a golf club in like 13 years. It's still that. Listen, and all qualifications aside, and those are me, awful scores. And then you've got me and Banks. Yeah, so none of us were. I, well, I loved how Banks let out. We broke. I broke 90. <laughs> I had. To, I wasn't going to do it, but after I talked to you, yeah. I was like, "This needs a qualifier yeah. because Burke's over here thinking." Super fan, you know, producer Berg's giving yeah. shout outs to Banks about oh, breaking shit. nine. Yeah, great job. Good and I'm like, oh, hold on there, butt cheeks, with your little driver, <laughs> with your little fucking tee up your ass. Yeah. Uh, he lifted on the ground, too. That was the best part. He said, some asshole's going to come up on this, this tee box and say, hey, free tee. I'm like, no, yeah. don't pick that one up. It was like, new rule. Don't pick anything up at the golf course that could have been in someone's ass. Yeah. Hole. Well, I looked at the tee today <laughs> and had that very same thought. There was a tee. On right off the first tee box, yeah. and I was like, "Hmm, I just remember that tee being up Lant- or Banks' <laughs> ass." Yeah, I'm not sure I want to play this game. But anyways, assuming that I swing well, I'm going to try and keep score of my of my own outing just to see. I'll tell you what I thought it about. Is. I thought about it today. It's a par 62, or no, par 68. Fox, Fox Creek is a 68. Yeah. Oh. Legacy is a 62. Right. So, um, Fox is a par 60, or a par, yeah, par 68. I'm trying to be like 79, 80. Okay. My best score there ever was 80, or maybe 79, but that yep. was a while, a long time ago. So, I'm trying to be, recapture that magic and be somewhere in the 11 to 12 over par. Because mm. I think that translated means low 90s. Right on a city like a Marietta club, right? Or a, and and that's fine with me. If I I told Berg my goal in this, the only goal I have is to be good enough to to step out of my car and walk out, even cold. Have a general idea of mm. exactly like like you said, an idea of your swing. Yeah, play within yourself. But my goal is to be the guy that so walks no out. No warm ups on the range. I'm not. I don't. I don't do well with warm ups on the range anyway. Oh, okay. That's why I like to like hit during the week. <clears throat> actually work at the range yeah and like at North Crescent we didn't have I had no clue the size of those balls the bucket of balls mm. I mean the the medium is 14 the large is 16 he's yeah. been in a good mood the last few weeks and he's like okay I charge you I charge you medium you get large you come so often you White get guy, huh? yeah <laughs> so you get you get medium but I charge you uh, you get large I charge you medium I mean it's extra it's like two bucks but <laughs> That two dollars is forty nine fucking yeah. golf balls, and yeah. I didn't realize the size; they were overflowing everywhere. Anyway, but I'm just trying to, to be able to walk out if I and, and just pair up with like two guys and have it be like when I was a kid. There was often a case like if me and Burke or Sean were playing, we'd get paired with some guy who was quiet, <clears> but just 
a hitter. Yeah. A guy that was going to be in the mid-70s, high, low 80s at worst. Sure. But just, and just quietly played. Who who remembers I, – I want to be a player who remembers being really bad. Yeah. And working my way towards the ultimate goal of, like, somewhere hovering in a scratch golf. I mean, that would be unheard of, mm-hmm. really. I'm never going to get there. But somewhere three over, four over, five over, consistently. Yeah. You know, par, stretches of pars, birdies off bogeys, the, you know, mm-hmm. ability to play, to, the ability to step up to a golf ball and say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do here. Not like, well, I hope this guy's on there. Because that's how I've played golf for pretty right. much like. And now, like like we've been saying, I'm sh- you, you, when you start to see what you want to do and, and accomplish it, then the whole game changes. But I, it's a, well, so that's, that's what I'm trying to accomplish, and I feel like I have to play every ball I hit to get sure. there. Sure. Well, that's fine because it'll it'll give me the opportunity to actually see uh, a score for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, assuming the thing is, if I make good contact, it's a, it's a good hit. It's probably not the distance that club could be. And your dad loves you. Um, yeah, <laughs> probably not the distance <laughs> that club could be because I don't have a strong swing, I suppose. Right. But like yesterday. I didn't realize I was going to have like a free hour after work, so I went to the range again, and because uh, I'd gone, I'd gone the day before. The day before was awesome. Yeah, I wasn't getting great distance, and then I realized with like four balls to go, that I wasn't loading up the weight on my back leg. That's like something Rick Shields. Everybody talks about when you when you make that rotation, you're really loading up your weight on your trail foot to drive and, it and then driving it forward, mm-hmm. just like you would throwing a baseball. And I realized I've hit. 90 balls. I've got five left, and I've been doing okay, but I'm I'm 10 yards short of what I think I ought to be. And I just realized like I'm front loading all my weight. Mm. And as soon as I dialed that in and and back loaded it, I hit my eight iron like 160 yards. It's like holy shit! Like that's I, I should have been doing that from the beginning. So when I had a free hour yesterday, I was like, I'm gonna go back. I'm just gonna get a small 60 bucket, and small. and I'm just gonna and I'm gonna focus on that. The fucking range was full. Every mat was occupied, and the guys that hit on the grass side were like butts to nuts. <laughs> I, I never hit on the grass side because some dude will just come literally put his ass in your face. Like, like there's no section to the grass. It's just find a spot here. So I always hit on the mat side. And there's this young dude, and I guess his girlfriend behind me, and they're just yep, 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 just talking away like it's their fucking date night. They've got a shitload of balls in front of them, but they haven't hit one in like ten minutes. They're just standing there talking, hmm. and it's just making me mad. And I was like, this so you don't like it when people talk at the range? What do you think it's the fucking library? No, I don't. Talking is fine, but having a loud twenty minute conversation is like, hey, like. You're you're holding up a spot for somebody that's waiting, and okay, you're not actually. Okay, if they're hitting. not hitting golf balls, that's one thing. Because I had this thought, because me and Burke were out there yesterday. So I guess I ain't top And golf. we make it. Well, that's the where I'm. That's where I'm going. Yeah. We make our range activities as much of a real practice as we can, and the only way to really do that is to make it competitive. Right. So we pick a target, and subjectively, because it is difficult, we hit. Each, each player hits one and whoever's closest and that's a best of five. Mm-hmm. First to five, I should say. Yeah. Point being when you get the closest and then we move on to another target. But it makes it fun but it also makes it kind of loud because you're like, ah! you know, you're getting inside, you're yeah. talking about your shots and I yeah. always wonder when I look around I catch a guy like looking at me 
I'm like, I, I've seen you hit, bro. I don't think it's our talk that's really <laughs> bothering your shot. But I want to be, like, conscientious. But I don't really think of the range. I guess in the future, I'll go upstairs at Northcrest. Because I, I never upstairs. see anyone up there. I always go upstairs Why? Northcrest. Just so I don't have eyes on me. Like, it helps me relax if I don't... Cause Inevitably, you gotta get to, over that. Inevitably, when I go to Northcrest, there's always like ten dudes lined up who are just nailing it. I'm like, I don't want to stand in between all you guys because my first hit's gonna be a top to the left. Like, I, <laughs> I you're need a big privacy. puss. But I'll tell you why to avoid the top. You need to get down to the bottom anyway. The Can last, you? the last two times I've been to Northcrest, I hit from the bottom. You, you can't hit from the top. It does not. I, I am convinced that it doesn't give you an accurate reading of how you're hitting a golf ball because you're up yeah. ten feet in the air. Because even though you know it's like say you hit a, a low strike <clears throat> mm-hmm. that normally would get no more than 30 feet off the ground that yeah. that extra 20 feet right will will have you believing that your bad shot was playable I mean, when in reality that's the best thing about top golf you feel like even, even everyone feels shots, like a king yeah you're doing golf. great like hey it's still in the yellow hole i'm doing good and that's the point that's why <laughs> top golf's who they are but at the same yeah. time it does not every time i've ever hit off a top i'm like i just i don't Feel you like, like to bottom. We know. I do like to bottom. <laughs> I don't even, I don't I'll be honest. I don't even understand a lot of the gay term, terminology. Well, cl- uh, hopefully you understand bottoms and tops. Well, I do get bottoms and tops. What I'm saying, there's like a <laughs> world of other stuff. I watched a, a video on YouTube of... Gay porn. No, no, no. It was interesting. Oh. It was couples of all types, gay or otherwise... Ex, either ex-husbands and wives or just ex-partners, but mm-hmm. all exes meeting for the first time since they had either officially ended their relationship with a divorce or like Is just... Is this exclusively gays? No, I, oh. I just fucking said it was couples of all types. Okay. But that was... they. In order to have this be meaningful, you got to have couples of all types. Right. But when they got to the gay couple meeting ex-couple meeting for the first time since their divorce had finalized. The whole premise was, hey, good-spirited, ask any question. You're going to pull these questions, and they're all brutally honest. Mm. So it was it was interesting to watch because it was like, did, you know, it, it they could it wouldn't pull ha- like questions. It was things they had, but they were like going down the list, and some of them were like, why did we do it this way, yada, 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 and then it got to, did you cheat on me? And that got really interesting because they one guy goes, I did cheat on you. And the other gay dude started like, he's like, oh, my God, I feel so much better. Because <laughs> they had both cheated on each other. And the other one was afraid to say yeah. it. Because, and I was like, that's actually good. You yeah. both cheated on each other. One of you felt guilt hoping that you cheated. Yeah. So now you both cheated. So that's square. Yeah. But when they started talking about the inner workings of their relationship, <laughs> I realized just how much I don't know about homosexual uh, terminology. Mm. But because they started throwing out like, well, why did you, what, what, like, what thing did you like that I'd not do that you wished I had done more? And there was a pretty interesting gay cult, by the way. My picture of the skinniest guy ever, okay. short, Sean, couple, no, 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 like short, oh, and but you know, trendy, skinny. He doesn't look bad, but he had like the. Like, he looked, he was from Austin. He had a mustache that was, like, and he had... A hipster gay. He had a, a Peaky Blinder haircut with the yeah. crop side and long on top. A and he, he had a bandana. It, oh, yeah. Hipster the whole gay. thing. Hipster gay. The, his, ex-part, the his ex-partner looked like a guy that was, like, 240 pounds all in his gut. Mm. You know? And he had glasses. He kind of looked like the guy from Modern Family that's gay. 
Oh, Cam? Yeah, but okay. well, not as fat, but same glasses and wearing a way too tight polo. So that it never... The whole... This couple looked yeah. just right. The gays love little shirts. Yeah, they do. Regardless of the body type. Yeah. So <laughs> it turns out he asked that... The, the, the big... In this relationship, the bigger guy was the... Um, the power bottom the bottom okay right I'm getting confused now already who's the one that plows the ass that's the top that's the top yeah yeah so he was the top he was the one that was always there and the other guy was the bottom so that belly's just resting on that yeah and and the and the dude said he's like it was the fat man that asked what what thing did I do that you wished I hadn't done Mm. and the dude said I just didn't want to be fucked in the asshole all the time and I was like, I thought that was the whole... I don't know. I, I remember when he had a gay neighbor, he explained to me once that, like, there's some relationships, it's just all blowjobs. That's crazy. Like, you blowing me, I'm blowing you. No, that I mean, that's, like, awesome. <laughs> Sign me up. I mean, sans the gay part. But, like, I could, I could, I yeah. could survive. I remember that. I could thrive. <laughs> I remember that being talked about around that show, Queer as Folk, when it was on mm. Showtime. Mm-hmm. I've never... Saw it. I might. I probably saw snippets here and there, but I never like set out to watch it because I didn't, didn't want to watch. I only knew of it. Not to interrupt. You, I only knew of it because it actually like made mainstream news. Right. But I remember around that sh- somebody on a podcast a long time ago around that show, or maybe it might have even been Kevin Allison. He was he was a member of the state. Remember the state with Michael Ian Black and the Reno Nine One One crew. They had a show on MTV. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like MTV's Saturday Night Live called The State. That's a terrible name. Well, that was their that was their improv group name. Still bad. Well, anyways, and clearly didn't didn't work out. Uh, it was pretty popular, and you get Reno nine one one, Michael Ian Black, Michael. It's a different show. Anything that bounce. Okay, listen, <clears throat> good things can come from turds. Yeah. Look at that freaks and geeks show. Well, the entire they, cast of that show they did has made forty a episodes things. in the nineties. It's a pretty successful show. I agree to disagree. If I've era. never heard of it, how successful is, can it be? Well, you you know. Then I know a lot of things. <laughs> And I know all the Reno 911 guys. Yeah. Because that was a successful show. I think it was Kevin Allison. He was a, t- he was a cast member and, he, and a gay guy. And it was him that talked about on a podcast that a lot of gay relationships, there's no anal involved at all. See, that's what I'm talking it's just about. just blowjobs. Beyond the terminology, I had the wrong assumption here. I mm-hmm. thought that every gay man either... Honestly, I, I just thought you liked it all. I thought that you wanted to penetrate butthole and have your butthole penetrated. No, no I know that's from my old neighbor. There, and it turns out that little exclusive... guy, that little guy, did not want it at all. And he said that the big guy, <laughs> the big guy was—that's the only thing he yeah. wanted. And I was like, well, then y'all probably got divorced. You're not compatible. Yeah, big no. guy wants that ass, and the little guy never wanted it. There's a—I saw a Facebook video a few months ago. It was four old gays discover tender, and these were men in their seventies, mm. like, like, and pick and nothing stereotypically gay about any of them. Like, one of them looked like he was probably a mailman when he was still working. Just small mustache, cardigan sweater, uh, you know, and they're all discovering tender for the first time at, like, 73, 74, 77. And they're asking, they're being asked, like, while well, you're filling out your profile, like, how, how's it going? And the first three were all top versatile. That's what they labeled themselves as within the app, which means I prefer to be on top but I'll be on bottom. And the last guy was like, top only. Mm-hmm. Said, I don't do that. And I remember my, our neighbor, Sam, I remember him telling me, he's like, I'm a top, that's all I do. Nobody's fucking me. 
That is so strange. But there are the opposite. Not as strange, well. just the wrong word because that puts it into another category. I just, I am surprised. <laughs> the opposite is also true. There are exclusive bottoms who don't top, and then you've got your. But you know what? I'm got your verse guys. I'm like, in the wrong here because, of course, mm-hmm. I've never been put. I, there's not a heterosexual male never has to worry, right. or not even worry, never even has to consider the option of like. That, that night when you come home and you're like, hey, I know you wanted to have sex, but I want to do something different. And Leah said, I'm going to strap on a big old honking dill, yeah. and I'm going to plug away at your tight ass. And I'd be like, no! Oh! Well, okay, maybe. Well, can we start with something smaller? <laughs> Use a finger first. You know, but that's my point. We never, it's that, in a heterosexual mind who doesn't think about the the intricacies of, of a, hetero, a homosexual relationship, Yeah, that's where I was surprised. So that's on me. I should have seen this coming. I should have seen, we've talked about it on here too, the, the incredible versatility of sexuality and, and humankind. My, I, I, I shouldn't have been surprised. My uh, girlfriend for a long time, um, I did her for about a year, um, her best friend was a gay dude, and he used to come over to her apartment all the time. And when I'd get drunk, I'd just start asking him questions. It's like I gotta know. Like, see, don't they get? Don't they get? He he was. He, I'm he sure he was cool, but I, I imagine that gets old. Well, and usually, uh, my drunk girl, heteros. Well, usually yeah, I just my, gotta ask you, bro. It wasn't like that though, because it was usually my girlfriend at the time or her girlfriend starting the conversation, mm-hmm. and so they're all talking about it. And now I'm like, well, now that you're talking about it. I remember him telling me once, he said, yeah, when you go to a gay bar, like, you might be a, a top or a bottom, but it's not like you wear a sign, you know? So you're in the bar, and you're flirting with a guy, and you've got good vibes, but you're both kind of wondering, like, who's going to do what here? Mm-hmm. And he said, and usually it's pretty clear cut if you're going to be compatible, if you're an exclusive. He said, but more often than not, you go back to somebody's apartment, and it's a wrestling match, and whoever wins gets to decide. <laughs> Wow, that can't be right. There's like an element of rape in that. Well, no, it's just kind of like a wrestling match to determine who's going to get bottomed. Well, you know, just imagine you're making out with your it wife. It does sound like fun. And though. she throws you down. Yeah. Do you stay down or do you get back up to try to throw her down? You know, mm. that's are you talking about like in a regular old hetero like just? Yeah, like, so we only have positions. I, I know, to work but with. I'm just saying. Imagine you starting to starting the the sexual act with mm-hmm. your wife, and, she and like, all of a sudden she just laid you down. Yeah, you just go with it. Yeah, I would. Right, you would in that situation. But if there was a part of you that really wanted to be the one in control, you'd have to get back up and no, you go. Down. I can't imagine <laughs> the the yeah. You know, forgive the pun, the tug of war here <laughs> between like yeah. how and I can. I don't know. Now, like the thing to go was, is that why it's just like at the end of the night, I envision a scenario mm-hmm. where if you and I were gay. And we meet at Bulldogs right. or something, I which I, a, I did. That's a black. I got an Atlanta magazine go recently, yeah. and it is. But why not? I <laughs> I, I was going to talk about that. We yeah. we uh, I just read the Atlanta magazine. It's all celebrating um, like forty years of uh, gay culture in Atlanta and how mm-hmm. prevalent, especially for black gay men. And uh, they did a whole piece on Bulldogs. I kept laughing at myself, thinking I just wanted to read one line down at the bottom. And do try the fish and chips. Jesus Christ, they're good. You know, like best in the city. Well, yeah, that goes back to when I told you I had the best burger I've ever had. We did a whole bit. That was my point. It was I was I was hoping to hear like, and just for another surprise, try the lamb chops. You know, like something stupid. If you like onion rings and special sauce, you're gonna love bulldogs in Midtown Atlanta. Also, there's glory holes in the bathroom. Yeah, but I. You know, if we met, 
I guess we won't say bulldogs. I don't know. Pick and choose. And I imagine if we were gay, we'd meet at a Taco Mac or something. You know? Always Blake's. Maybe. Yeah, Blake's is okay. That's like the safe gay bar right there in the the heart of it. Sure. You know... So on anal we, we do on the we do a, a, da- a dating once. dance all night whatever yeah, right and you're telling me that when we get back to your place or my like place <laughs> it's good for the listener they'll enjoy <laughs> all right fine let's when, make it Burke and Sean Rusty and Sean <laughs> or no Rust yeah no I don't let's do Burke and Sean <laughs> Burke and Sean right well I can actually see this now <laughs> I can't too. <laughs> Burke and Sean meet at Bulldogs because they didn't know it was a black gay bar, but now they're having a thing of ordering right. onion rings together. They're really having a good time. A couple right. beers. They even right. got they even got some some chicken fingers. I mean, it's gone, and they start you know they're vibing. Sean's feeling good because Burke doesn't believe in God. Yeah, yeah. like everything. All signs yeah. are pointing towards like, one of them's if going I home. I could take you home to Dad. I might. Yeah, <laughs> Burke's he heard the cheese thing when they ordered the pizza, right. but he's right. kind of. He's with it a little bit. You know, he gets it. He's laid back. Yeah, he's laid back. Yeah. He's laid back. So they get back to, the I'm going to say, I'm going to say aligned. in this scenario, because it's really fun for me now, <laughs> they're going to go back to Sean's house because okay. Burke's loving this. Yeah. I don't know if he's actually loving this, but he should love this. <laughs> so Burke and Sean go back to Sean's place. Right. Sean's a tall drink of water. He's a tall drink of water. They both had some beers. They pop on something that gays like. I don't know. And then... You're telling me mm-hmm. that it really, in some, t- not all the time, of course, right. but in some instances, it becomes like they make out, mm-hmm. they, one of them gets handsy, the other one gets more handsy, one of them tries, you're telling me that one of them, like, tries to to physically, like, say this is what I want without saying this is what, like, one of them's going to try to get behind the other? I suppose. Or, and then yeah. the other one's going to be, uh-uh, and do some spin move yeah. and bear hug the other one from behind? Because yeah. let me tell you. In this gay scenario, you're going to have one hell of a fight. Because <laughs> if I had to choose in that relationship, in this very metaphorical Who's and fictional relationship, who would win the match? <laughs> My money is 100% on Burke. Right. But it's going to be, it's gonna be a struggle. quite... Like, it'll get to the point where an arrest is made before <laughs> the sex actually happens. Yeah. Well, I mean... But I just that scenario to me is crazy. The uncertainty. I mean, I'll be honest. Signals. I never. I truthfully never really went home with a guy. No, like (laughs) took a rando, Mm -hmm. I should say, and left and went back to her place. Right. And fucked. I never did that. Yeah. But the thought already has anxiety because you're traveling with somebody you don't know to their place. You get there and then what? You don't like how do do you just drunkenly slobbingly just lean in? Smell like chloroform. Yeah. <laughs> One of these is Tylenol. <laughs> the Spread other. both hands. Yeah. Do you need some poppers? Take Why the would blue I need pill. Poppers? Take you the red poppers. pills. Uh, but I that just in a regular relationship would give me but palpitations. See, so, but so, to think that, that you're traveling back right. with, with your new gay friend and you don't fucking know the way the night. Well, it, I suppose it, in this scenario, it, if, if Burke and Sean were both exclusive tops but weren't picking up on that vibe. Then at some point during the heavy, becomes, heavy makeout sesh, where mouth, they're both trying yeah. to get a digit in an asshole <laughs> and they're both swatting it away, <laughs> at some point they're like, "Do you only talk? Yeah, I only talk. Well, I guess we could suck each other." Yeah, and that's where I was going. That and that is where. That. I, yeah, I can see now where it becomes. You know, surely what? there's been a scenario, even married, where you're making out with your naked wife and you got your hands on the butt and you inch some fingers in to her butt. Or just not to her butt, but just 
down under. Sure. You're getting close. You're uh-huh. feeling around the area. Sure. That's something the, the penetrator does in a makeout session mm-hmm. with a naked woman. I imagine if it's two dudes, the guy who's maybe more often a top is going to start working his fingers towards your butthole. And if you're not into that, then at that moment you you realize like, oh, you're not going to get to do what you want to do and I'm not going to get to do what I want to do. But we both have mouths and we're both cool with that. Right unless, <laughs> unless there is a subsect of gays that don't suck dick. And then what are you doing at that point? Like your only purpose sexually in this world is to, is to put your dick in an asshole? Like that's all you do? Yeah. Come on, you got to be more versatile than that. I know Banks is taking notes, because this has had to have caused some consternation in the past. Yeah. Um, here's, for- here's here's a wild scenario. Let's suppose, let's stay on Burke and Sean. Let's, <laughs> we should transition. Let's do a Rusty Allen, because I can see that one, too. Right. All right, let me ask you this. When you finish, mm-hmm. whether it's just regular old sex, when you finish, can you imagine going another 30 minutes... Of sex, like, well, no. All right, so you're Rusty and Alan, uh huh. And who's topping in this scenario? Oh boy, I gotta <laughs> say, I have an inclination that Rusty's our top. <laughs> okay, and so, that old backup Bono. So, let's say in this scenario, this is great pot. Yeah, this is wonderful. <laughs> in this scenario, Rusty and Alan are both versatile. Yeah, which okay. means they're good with anything. So they're top versatile. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're, which means they prefer the top. Which means Rusty's done, but Alan's not done yet. And so now we got to switch. Wait a minute. So Rusty finishes. Yeah. Now they we don't know switch. where. Right now and they we got to switch. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine that scenario where you're done and he's not, and now and now you gotta now you gotta endure twenty minutes of his humping and bumping. Hmm. And you're you're in your refractory period. You can't. You couldn't get a bonus. I have to imagine that twenty minutes is seven minutes. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if that's your shit, that's your shit. You know. Right. I don't think it would take twenty. It shouldn't. I feel like. I'm just saying. Imagine your your partner, whoever whomever they may be. Yeah, no, I get it. Keeping you engaged once you're in your refractory period. Sure. You're like I can't even. Like I'm gonna have to pee in five minutes. Yeah. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they stagger it. Maybe one comes. Oh, I'm sure they do. They, and they, yeah, they, they watch they watch yeah. a, a show. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. And then the other one, say, mm-hmm. he gives a wink, and the other he's like, oh. That's it, it probably it, Yeah, Rusty and Allen probably do a thing like a, Monday nights are for this night, <laughs> Wednesday nights. Maybe they do it like that. Yeah. Maybe it's not like, you know, in a, in a complex <laughs> relationship a like Rusty and Allen. sandwich, yeah. and then you'll pump a load well, into me. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say maybe it's more... You know, Monday night's Alan's night. <laughs> Wednesday night is Rusty's See, night. Now, this is sounding really structured and calendar-esque. Eh, well, I'm not saying that that's my style. <laughs> but I'm saying it would it would preclude right. you from having to drop your load, go make a sandwich, and know... It's like, it's that would make it a joyless sandwich. Yeah. To know that in 30 minutes I'm going to have a, you know, dick in my asshole. I don't, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this sandwich very much. I remember Chris and I had gay neighbors... At our at our current house for a long time, and we've, we're friends. We still are friends with them on Facebook. And I remember one year in particular, they were down at Pride, and they shared a picture of a douche on the ground. Mm. And that's when I realized, like, oh yeah, if you're you got to be douching on the go. Yeah, like you gotta you, like. There's I know from having a bidet, even when you think you're done shitting, there's a little bit of shit left in there. 
And if I mean, the, I know it from having children. And if the, if the <laughs> yeah, that's true. But if the bidet catches you right, it'll just kind of grab that last little bit mm-hmm. that you may have just pinched and and held for the next one. Well, you don't mean to. <laughs> but yeah. So my as soon as he posted that picture, I was like, oh yeah, like I guess you gotta make sure your your asshole's clean mm-hmm. before. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because nobody wants shit on their dick. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, uh, yeah, man, that's, uh... Yeah, because then you got shit dick. And that's just can't be a... And it's, listen, it's weird when you have, like, morning sex and you strap your dick back up in your pants and then, like, a few hours later, you know what you did. Yeah. There's evidence. It's crusty. It is, and then you pee and it goes in, like, 17 different directions. All the things. I can't imagine having to do that Mm -hmm. and then incorporate that it's got a little brown ring around the tip of your dick. (laughs) Well, I think it'd be the base, but still. whatever. Chunky nuts all the way down the fucking tip, tip of your dick. I, that that kind of like having to worry—it's just another element of worry. I, right. That's why it's like I have so much respect for the, the gay community because what you have to like and then do and accomplish—sure, like all, like all of us do—to to fate to complete our sexuality. They yeah. seem like they have to go through far more, and we're not even talking about the stereotypical bias right. of life in general. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's definitely. Uh, a clean factor that's going into you would hope. I, I, now, well, that's the thing. I like, would, what about, what I about would spontaneous think. club? You know, it's one a.m. at Bulldogs and the and the handicap stalls open. Like, what about that spontaneity? Well, I mean, you are in the, give it a. I mean, give it a quick one. <laughs> <laughs> Keep a wipe. <laughs> that's for the outside, but there's. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, this is really absurd. I, I don't know. Maybe those like clubs are BJ's only. I don't know. I mean, think about the the porn stars we've talked about on this show, mm-hmm. like Asa Asa Akira yeah. or whatever, talking about the logistics of having to do anal scenes, right? The prep right. that it takes to not eat for twenty four hours, to douche your ass four times over a twenty four hour period, get all the poo out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it cannot be something. I I don't want to shit myself at the club just because I wanted a quick dick in yeah. the old in the old pouch because <laughs> that's what I feel like. I know myself yeah. I, I feel like if that was me my desire if, if I was a bottom mm. or preferred it mm. my desire would kick in but at the same time it's like you know I can get that done pretty much anytime I want to mm. for the most part if I want it yeah. I don't need to do it here at Bulldogs at 1am and, and risk having diarrheal that's, shit on some partner that doesn't deserve it you know you talked about being excited at the notion of just blowjobs only it's not excited it's just that <laughs> <laughs> on a subsistence level, right? If as a as a straight man, mm-hmm. I love, oh yeah, all of it. Yeah, I love, and I, and the stories that you've heard, it makes me seem like a blowjob king. But we know that there was a <laughs> a built in level of guilt, and Jesus right. prevented me from going full puss. Right. But could I? I mean, on a subsistence level, mm-hmm. it's so much less work. It's oh, yeah. so much quicker. It's certainly less work for pretty you. awesome, yeah. and it's like I don't really do anything, and it and at worst I don't have to go like take a shower. I can just do some quick cleanup if I had to. Sure, if I fresh sure. off the golf course, all the things, <laughs> all the things. Right, I could subsist, so right. I can see why for some men that might be like you know I definitely don't want anything in my ass, but mm-hmm. I'm so fucking gay. I just love the dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me just suck dick or have my dick sucked all the time. I could totally see that being a successful ploy. What I was going to say is, you know, like, when you break up with your girlfriend, you know 
that she could go out to a bar tonight. Oh, tonight, yeah. And get pounded. How, however many she wanted. Because there's, even if he's a piece of shit, there's a guy in every bar who will have sex with your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. If she makes herself. What do you mean, even if he's a piece of shit? Especially if he's a piece <laughs> if, of shit. No, he doesn't care. Any, any remotely, even not necessarily attractive woman could go to a bar and, and the odds are in her favor that if she bats eyes at enough people, at some point one of them's going to some point, one of them's going to go, yeah, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. The opposite is, the opposite is not true for the inverse, you or I. Yeah. The inverse. You, we could not go to a bar and like walk up to every woman in the bar, like, hey, I just uh, became single. You want to <laughs> fuck? Well, it wouldn't work. Now, put it into the gay world. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to get laid, all you really have to do is go to a place like the Atlanta Eagle. And you're gonna get laid. Yeah, that's what I just said. If I wanted it in my ass, I could have it. Yeah. So I don't really feel the need to do it at the club. Right. That's and what risk I'm saying. Like, all the yeah, things risk, that that comes risk with. Doo 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 issues. That would be. I know myself. Mm-hmm. Gay Austin would be terrified, <laughs> terrified of taking a dump on somebody. Right. In the least opportune moment. Right. I mean, because you literally then because I know. I mean, this bitch guy would show up. Because I'm sure he would terrify the gays as well. <laughs> so you're never having morning sex in your in this gay world that you're stepping into. Uh, Can't just wake up and fuck. Absolutely not. <laughs> I was trying to think of some like big word to use. Right. But my morning schedule is pretty tight when it comes to services rendered that need to happen before I move about my day. And I know that like one. Oh, hey, Dave. You know the rules. <laughs> First I shit, and then you can do whatever you want. Well, at your own risk. <laughs> but it's just... just want you to know that cyst is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be the bane. With my symptoms, with my sh- with my, my general health shit, I'd be the bane of like... Dude, did you come? I did, but... was <laughs> another retrograde I, I, I'm on my... My prostate stuff. You're so. the worst lay ever. My favorite thing is tasting cum, <laughs> and you don't ever shoot any out. But you tell me you're coming. <laughs> oh, sure you can, Greg. Like all the things, you know. Like it would just. <laughs> no, I no, I really it did. Was hands free too from all the prostate pressure. I, I told Leah yeah, whatever. I told Leah. I told that story. She's of course she did. I said. She's like, are you gonna, you're not going to take those things. I was like, of course not. We, we found out that that was clearly not the problem. I don't need to be taking ACE inhibitors for my prostate. <laughs> but she says, so what are you going to do with all these pills? I was like, that's a good question. Because <laughs> I, I would like to, like, sneak one in on somebody and be like, hey, tonight, this is going to take you to the next level. <laughs> you want to really give your wife some times. Take yeah. that. And when you're about to load, just pull out and let nothing happen just to see the fear in your face. Because it was, it was something. Sure, but uh, do you suppose that an ACE inhibitor is a way to prevent pregnancy? Hmm. Uh, yes, because when you did the when I did the research and it was you know phantom orgasm at first, mm-hmm. it gives the reasons and and the symptoms and then it explains the negatives as it were. And one of them was like you're not going to be able to have children while you're on ACE inhibitors while you're on this pill. Because so you're not shooting, you're not shooting anything. Right. At most, you're getting like a little pre, and that's not. So I've always known what re- I've heard, not always, but I've known what retrograde orgasm is. I've heard Dr. Drew talk about it on podcasts before, so it wasn't 
surprising news to me that that's a thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily know that you are pretty much guaranteed a retrograde orgasm if you take an ACE inhibitor. Mm -hmm. If you ever take prostate medicine, you'll be on an ACE inhibitor. Not getting political here. Oh, God. But where has the push been from the outraged conservative bunch to just have dudes take ACE inhibitors to prevent pregnancy? I don't think that's a thing. There's no rush out there to say, hey, guys. what? One, you're misconstruing <laughs> their their sense of empathy towards anything. They're not they're not for less babies. Right. This 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 going against abortion, which is it's happening, but I hate to. Mm-hmm. They're going to come after it and they'll strike it down. And like we said last week, right. the, the, the people will make millions I doing fake ones. I often wonder, like, why is it constantly being thrown at the women? It's a woman's thing. Like, dicks do the fucking dicks produce the cum why, are, why doesn't the anti-abortion crowd ever do anything about preventing pregnancy from the male side because they don't care it's not about that <laughs> it's about controlling women's bodies that's it yeah it's it there's no there's not well, and, and, and it's not really the controlling of the woman's body is just an offshoot of religious ideological control right it's all it is so this is a the great battle that's been going on in this country since the very beginning mm-hmm. very beginning where the founding fathers, if you want to call them that, were averse to this, absolutely averse. But now they're venerated by that side, right? And so you see this this fucking cocktail of ridiculousness. But it's not, it's always just been religious verse ungodly. I, long before any of the current news, it was probably forty podcasts ago. I said, if I had like the the ability to wave a wand and make make it so, I'd say, all right, fine, like ban your abortion, fine. Mm-hmm. But from now on, any unwanted pregnancy, we're asking the dude, what the fuck? <laughs> well, it should, uh, it, that's, it's, it, you know what the funny thing about this will be? When, when they do come after Roe, mm-hmm. and they get the votes they need to effectively, it'll be interesting, because I don't think, it, this isn't really political, this is just special interest. So, it'll be interesting to me in the sense that the wording will be very important because even a, a Republican knows what this is going to do mm-hmm. and the risks inherent in this. So the wording will... I don't think it'll be what... It'll, it'll re... Like, the, the newspapers will say it's a, it's a ban mm-hmm. because effectively it will be. Right. But the wording will be like... It'll, it'll just make it extremely difficult to get one. Right. You see, it'll, it'll just be... They'll make hurdles that are so unsurmountable <clears throat> that essentially it's a ban. Much like right. much like the the original back in 2016 flight ban from Muslim countries mm-hmm. it didn't ex- it didn't expressly say you're banned because you're flying from a Muslim country. You're never going to see that in the right. verbiage. Right. But it all but eliminated the Muslims or Islamic people coming to this country from those countries. Right. For whatever reason, I'm not getting into it. But what I think is most interesting, and to your point, is when we do get there and it's an effective ban Mm -hmm. and women that would normally consider it but might have those religious inclinations, but now they don't have a choice and they're carrying this child, when when these right-wing proud boy fathers (laughs) find out, like, oh, shit, like you don't have a choice. This was we pushed for this, and now you're having the kid, and yeah. I'm locked in with 18 years of 
alimony and or child support. Right, but that's that not necessarily. You see where this is going? Oh, yeah. Like you're gonna see like, man. Not only did we create an industry of <laughs> whack doctors primarily that are gonna make countless millions right. doing illegal abortions. Not only did we create this, now we have a situation where like, fuck, I used to just bust loads and make them go get an abortion and then <laughs> ran against it. You know? Yeah. Can't wait for that's, that. that. 18 years, bud. You know how much 18 years of child support is? <laughs> that's the thing, though. They don't, they won't necessarily work out that way. There's plenty of deadbeats who just disappear and leave the child rearing all to the woman they fucked one time. Mm-hmm. My point many podcasts ago was, fine, have your anti-abortion law. But from now on, if a woman gets pregnant and she didn't want to be oh, impregnated, I know. I know. We she gets to say, he did it, and then we, as the government, get to say, you take care of this kid or you're going to jail. Well, that, that's what... What do you <laughs> like want? Right now. That's exactly what happens and would happen. Right. Whatever... What, what you're saying you hope will happen is exactly what will happen. Well, good. Because it, it's, not, it's not like some... They do that now. It's not some like an indescript thing if you father a child and the woman carries it to term and then comes after you for child support guess what the government's gonna say hey asshole yeah pay it or you go to jail that's what happens well, well it, it should be intensified though. I read an article though some tit for tat I read an article about this particular topic that made more sense to me because I we, we both know although some don't but it's not it's not it's packaged as morality mm-hmm it's about, like we said, that religious fight. But the deeper level, if you, if, if, you, if you said that was not all there was, and you'd probably be right, of course, because it's a nuanced issue. But the, the big issue for me is that they're anti-abortion because if you look at who gets abortions, the majority. Mm. Low income because yeah. they can't afford it. Couldn't even afford, obviously, um, what do you call it? Birth, Con- control. birth control. They right. could. They couldn't go to Planned Parenthood to get what they ordinarily they might be able to get some kind of subsidized birth control. Now that's gone because Planned Parenthood. That's because people. That's all they think Planned Parenthood does is just suck out babies. They don't understand ninety eight percent of it. it's not. I that. saw the Carly Fiorina video. Okay, yeah. I know what they're doing over there. This particular author's uh, seminal point was that they don't want abortion to go away. Or they want abortion to go away because they want those typically and by majority low income kids to be born because that's their labor force. Yeah. And it represents a huge proportion of our military fighters. Men are male or female, they come yeah. from lower to middle income almost exclusively. It's like a eighty to ninety percent of the military yeah. comes from those who would ordinarily it's like Charles I would have been aborted, Dad. <laughs> You're like because oh, yeah, he's not you but, to, but, but you get this and some it's funny because then they can rail against the welfare state right but happily accept these people into their workforce for low paying jobs and military to go out well, yeah, and kill I mean think about this who who amongst us when we were maybe a little heavier than we wanted to be didn't have the thought like I should hang out with fatter people so I look good mm-hmm. by default or not to default but uh, what's the what, what's the term I'm searching here for like by you, default, you look better. Yeah, if you look, you're, you know, I'm I'm a fat guy, but I'm not super fat. And if I were to hang out with really fat guys, I'd look great. Yeah. So if you're if you're the government or if you're a Republican in power, you're like the middle class is kind of a farce, but we need to make it look awesome. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? We don't bring more people up to it. We just put more people at the bottom, and then the middle looks great. Yeah. So if we if we have more poor people, we get more poor people. That's the great scam of capitalism. <laughs> I mean, that really is. If, you, yeah. if if any 
you don't believe us, just you, you don't have to do much reading to see that, yeah, free market, America, liberty, none of, the, none of that really exists. The, the great accomplishment of capitalism is keeping the rich richer yeah. and creating a buffer zone that they call the middle class because that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And the American dream, you're supposed to be able to move up, but it's just not the way. It's designed I, to build a populace that supports those people at the top, not the other way around. There's no tri- We've talked about it. There's no such yeah. thing as trickle down I saw a great meme. I saw a great meme yesterday or two days ago. I screen grabbed it. I don't, I don't remember it verbatim and I can't look it up because we're recording. But it, it was a gem from the office. You know, mm-hmm. That's who they used. And, it, and the meme basically said, uh, immigrants don't take your jobs. Capitalists take advantage of the immigrant being there, and they give them your job because the labor is cheap, and nothing makes the capitalist happier than to know that you're mad at the immigrant and not the capitalist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just funny that the demonization of anything not called capitalism. Right. And that's why I'm... I, like. I give Alan shit because it's fun about the libertarian thing. Mm-hmm. There's things about libertarianism that are fucking probably fine. But generally speaking, they want to operate... Everybody gets blowjobs in libertarianism. Libertarians are the buys of the of the political force. They're they're top versatiles. Yeah, they're top versatiles. They're just versatile. Just versatile. Yeah. yeah. But it's <laughs> it's this assumption that they just think it capitalist. I don't know. this. What do you think is going to happen in unfettered capitalism? That's my thing. Because it put, you know... The right wants no regulation. The left right. wants heavy regulation to protect the workers. Okay, right. that sounds like good versus evil. If you if you choose to look at it, right, like that, that's certainly one way to look at it. Others say you have to protect the industry to protect those people. All the things, right? The, the great counterbalance of this argument. Yeah, but like libertarians, it seems to me they they want to function on this kind of unfettered capitalism with zero regulation and right. Let me ask you: Do you, mm-hmm. judging how we've done capitalism so far, mm-hmm. it's not. This is not a question to you, or really a question at all. How well do you think that's going to go? <laughs> if you say to any industry, go for it. Hey, the market will sort it out. Yeah, don't worry about anything. Fucking use people at your will because <laughs> they have the choice to leave. That that worker over there, he's got a very infected leg wound. Well, you know, the market will sort it out. Yeah, we don't do insurance here. So we barter for doctors. Yeah, we basically live on social Darwinism, and that's why it's like that's no better because it, it operates in a honor form. code, bro. It's all about the honor code here. And I mean, like, <laughs> if a country takes, if, like, you've used the examples, like, you know, if you look at your Denmark's, your Norways, your Sweden's, they they're clear examples of how this can work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, yeah, they pay a lot of taxes. If you want to give up all your freedom? Yeah, but and yet we live in one of the not. We, we're not free. We live in this great democracy where we're not free. We're free to get coronavirus. We're free. We can't even go anywhere. <laughs> can't even go anywhere. You can't leave our country. How free is it? How free are you? You can't cross an imaginary boundary. You're free to work without, you know, any protections. And if you don't like that job, you're free to get another one. Yeah. You're, you're free to do a lot of things in here, but there's, I'm telling you, it's not as free. What you're not free to do is climb the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so the many restrictions that I understand why during that god awful debate, I saw a surge in Google searches for the Libertarian Party. Yeah, I'm not concerned. I really don't give a shit one way or the other. I'm happy that someone says, "God damn, this is bad." Let's yeah. go see if there's anything. Oh, they're like, "Oh, Joe Jurgensen, what a woman." That's what they're gonna say. <laughs> well, I can't vote for him. Can't, can't vote for a fucking. <laughs> 
coos. <laughs> they're going to say that. It's like, it's just, yeah. just be blatant about it. It yeah. wouldn't matter if it was male or female anyway, because they're going to push to same thing we said about the Proud Boys. He mentions it, says stand by. Of course they're going to stand by and use that to rally and cry and get a bump in yeah. their fucking Facebook activity. Or uh, You know what the best part about, they're saying a surge in some kind of joining the Proud Boys. I, I don't know how they, what kind of measurement they're using to, to gauge that or mm-hmm. to be able to say with certainty that they've seen a spike in membership. Where does one... I don't know how they how they do that. But the great thing about this is, to me, it appears that most of our Proud Boys are incels. <laughs> and for those who don't know what an incel is... Involuntary, involuntarily celibate. Which means that they actually harbor a belief. Not only that they... They don't see themselves for who they are, unattractive pieces of shit with little, <laughs> little to no personality, right. no redeeming qualities... So what they do in their own inadequacy is turn that around and that it's actually just a great big conspiracy against them right. that women hate them. Yeah, women won't give them their they vaginas. They won't give them their vaginas. That I, <laughs> I guess there's a sense of entitlement to that. That's a, there's, there's elements of this that are really sadistic. But then the entitlement is like, well, I thought the people like you don't like entitlements. What the fuck? I yeah. can't keep up. I'm telling you, man. It is a, it is a fucking wicked web that they weave. But it's like, You're not entitled to Social Security. I am entitled to every vagina I want. And I'm certain not all Proud Boys and Boogaloos are incels. But I, I, from what I see, yeah. a lot of them, this is their not their big moment it's just that they're bored right and this gives them a sense like any other crazy group right left or otherwise it gives them a sense of belonging it's no different than the Mara Salvatrucia mm-hmm. if you want to be MS-13 join an MS-13 if that gives you your fucking kicks if you don't have anything else in your life yeah and you're not you, you can't go to the gay bar go to the regular bar and advertise and just get it mm-hmm. or you're a piece of shit with no personality and you're you think that insulting women is the way to go all turns the things out, turns out some women don't want to talk about AR-15s all day yeah it's just it's this sad <laughs> sad thing where I feel like they're all going to be fa- found out one, or, one way or another because this this whole stretch we're on it's like a PC stretch like in South Park this 12 year spiel mm-hmm. In the it's it's a wonderful thought to think of like uh, imagine the worst coming to the worst and some proud boy said this is our time now let's say you're not an incel and you were just kind of bored and hard right are you really going to drop everything leave your family load up your your ARs and your and your M16s and maybe your Kalashnikov you bought on some dark web someplace you know leave that all behind and go camp out in some trees cook up a camp soup and then march on you know. Invade hey guys, Washington. Everybody get together, gather around the bonfire. Uh, we're gonna need two volunteers to wash the Fred Perry polos. <laughs> you know, we, we don't have an official uniform in place. That's what yet, they, you've seen the, the the militia videos for however many years. Go back mm-hmm. to pre Oklahoma City bombing. Right. This their dream, I believe, is to live some kind of civil war on campaign lifestyle. Right. And that's why I used to write a lot about uh, who are these reenactors? Because I had a feeling in my gut that y'all are people that would want to do this again. You're not people yeah. that are actively trying to like interpret the history. I used to go see these things, and we've talked about it on here, big like, bro. They didn't wear that. <laughs> like what? 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 Are you, you're not here to try to devise some meaning. You're not here to try to put yourself in that period of time. You're just here because. This is something you want to see again. This is some kind of bilateral training mission that yeah. you're on. 
And now it's like that's the lifestyle they want. They they, they believe yeah, I in this. I guarantee you. But when it comes time for the civil, if they lose this election, mm-hmm. think about it. go back for a second. 2016, right? Election day. Mm-hmm. I got on Facebook. I, my little thing was, hey, you know, it was like I don't really know what which way this is going to go tonight, but I've got all the things. I got two thousand rolls of toilet. I just made a funny post. And I look on my timeline, every right-winger I know was posting the same gif. It was from an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I think it was The Eraser, mm-hmm. where he's just loading. He's just strapping himself with ammo and pistols mm-hmm. and long guns. I mean, he's just one walking armory. Right. And they're like, me, if Hillary gets elected tonight. And I thought, that's really fucking stupid, because mm-hmm. what are you going to do? But in the context of the last four years, I'm interested to see. Mm-hmm. Like, if he loses this election, what are y'all going to do? Okay, here's the thing. Who do they go after? Like, that's that's like my point. If you they, and your 120 Proud Boys from Tacoma, all you know, you, you rally up, everybody's got a fresh-pressed polo shirt on, mm-hmm. you got your, you got your Amazon tack gear. Well, you got your mask that's got the, the Punisher skull, yeah. so it looks like your face. And it's you just know, all You're all pussy rock shit. hard. You, you yeah. never actually joined the military. Retrograde but orgasms <laughs> everywhere. You know, you're all bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just fucking bottoms. Every one of you would just get fucked. Like, and, you've, and you've rallied, and now there's you're 120 strong, and you know that you've got some neighboring Proud Boy units and some other towns. Where, where do you go? Where are you going? Where Who's you the going? first person you shoot? Just some random dude? It's, Does it, it turn into the Inquisition? It is you the, walk up and, here's and say, the who thing. you vote for? The, the craziest part is, like, you know, the Kenosha kid is drinking water with the cops. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks for being here, quote, unquote. They're right. going to have a feeling that the local police, the state police, are with them. And they might be right in a lot of instances. We, we, yeah. we know that's true. Yeah. Might even have insiders, ghost skins, as, as we've called them and others call them. Ghost that, prouds. Ghost prouds <laughs> that are serving on police departments around right. the country. But at some point in your ultimate goal, mm-hmm. in this case of rebelling, honestly, open rebellion against right. uh, democratically elected Joe Biden, you're going to have to go up against the, the big green killing machine. And whether or not you have friends over there, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not so clean cut. Because what, what did we say about the army? 80% comes yeah. from the lower right. income societies <laughs> yeah. within our country. A lot of minorities in the Army. Not as many as you'd think. <laughs> Blacks still are woefully, woefully underrepresented right. in the United States military. Tons of Hispanics. Right. All kinds of others who are seeking uh, citizenship, and their right. way to it is to volunteer for the United States Army. Yeah. Oh, I mean, at some point, with they don't worldview. sympathize with you, and also... <laughs> Even someone who might have been right-leaning in the military is going gonna, is gonna to look at these boners coming across some bridge or building some fortification yeah. in preparation, wearing khakis <laughs> and some Amazon-bought gun vest. <laughs> and, you know, they're strapped. Yeah. They've got they're, – they're well – A lot of even, Punisher decals. Even, yeah, a lot of Punisher decals. <laughs> well-armed yeah. and nowhere near as armed – as the people that are going to be saying, hey, we're not quite ready just because we disagree mm-hmm. to launch a country-ending second civil war. Right. Because y'all really – everyone's – it's like a right-winger, like the same guy, the right-winger that loves Trump for the economy. But mm-hmm. he won't recognize it was never his economy to begin with. Mm-hmm. It was all Trump. No one else did this. 
I don't think he's economically inclined to participate in a civil war because that's a lose right. for all but like less than one percent of war profiteers that may make money off that. Mm-hmm. But chaos like that makes no one money. That's my question. In your scenario, if if Joe Biden's elected and the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys and the Klan and your aunt on Facebook, they all arm up and mm-hmm. they take the streets. Uh, Joe Biden's not president that day. No. So what is not the until current, that next you know, January? Love him or hate him. What does what does Donald Trump do in a scenario where there's unleash him fifty thousand? They're going to have a choice to make. <laughs> That's everyone, everyone asks to kill people. Now. In, in four years, you, you've heard it. Everyone asks, like, you know, what would he actually do in that situation if he loses? It, it, you see it all the time now. Will he leave? Yeah. Will, will he fight? Will he volunteer? Will he have to be removed? All the things that make for grabby headlines. Mm-hmm. But we've also asked, what is it going to take for somebody that's a hard Trumpy mm-hmm. to be to wake up from this and be like, hey, I don't think I want to like die for <laughs> Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? That's the question, and that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, because they're gonna. Would you die for when him? he when he goes <laughs> when he if he loses? Yeah, and if he does decide that he the megalomaniac that he is that he will burn this all down. Yeah. Before he'll see Joe Biden, because he's not, you know, the the worst thing in Donald Trump's world is being a loser, right? And that's why a lot of people thought when when it was looking dire there a couple months ago that he would actually eventually quit the race, so that way he could say, "Oh, y'all were all against me anyway. Mm-hmm. I didn't even want to do this. I'm going to go back to being a billionaire, which we know we know now is probably not true. <laughs> all those things. Yeah. But the one thing that is going to make it difficult for the people that have, have dismissed everything else over the four years. They called it bluster. He just says what he wants. It's not mm-hmm. that serious. People overblow the things he says. When he says, fuck it, come to Washington, let's take it back by force, are you willing to die for Donald Trump? Because <laughs> that's what you're going to have to ask yourself. And yeah. they're going to spin it that you're dying for your country. But even the dumb ones, even some of the dumb ones are going to say, I have a pretty good job. Yeah. I, I I make seventy five a year. At, at I the, really like getting my gay blowjobs. Yeah, I don't want to lose. That. I don't want to lose it. And if we kill all these people, we're going to lose all those, you know, bottoms that would do more than that. You know, I, it's just. I mean, when it comes to time, how many how many militia like lump them all together? Proud Boys, uh, Boogaloo Boys, uh, Klansmen, what Aryan nation? I mean, lump them all together is just like the group that's going to come together to take back the White House mm-hmm. by force. How many? Just rough figures. How many do you think there are? A hundred thousand that would actually make a move? No, no, just that that are like mm. we're, we're going to go big to small. So we're saying Bigelow, proud, yeah, Aryan nation, skins, yeah. real deal Nazis, all yeah. of them. Yeah, clan. Um, hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand. It depends, man. I'd say, and I don't want to make it too convoluted, but it just, you're going to lose the ones that you're gaining now. Mm-hmm. The, those, the, some of these people that have come on board, the Pride the pride, pride, pride Boys, that's what we almost start calling them, <laughs> the Pride Boys. Um, they're joining now because they get to fight Antifa. Yeah. Some people just like to fight. Yeah. Some people like to get out I, in someone's I, face. I, I they're out there now in Portland because they feel like that's the new shows in Portland burning. When, mm-hmm. when you see it, how much is actually happening, it's so minuscule, it's ridiculous. They show up now because it's fun right? and it's anti-government in their minds and they're out there for their boy Donald. 
how many actually exist that are true blue? Not even that. I guess my point. I don't was, know, man. I, I don't think it's a hundred thousand. I think it's more than that. I, I think. I, so I guess my point is, if there's a quarter of a million that are that are for the cause, yeah. How many out of that quarter of a million are truly willing to die for Donald Trump? It's got to be a small percentage. If it's a quarter, push, if it's a quarter of a million, uh, I, less than ten thousand. Yeah. So my point is like ten thousand. So one in twenty-five. Yeah. So if it is ten thousand, like, how long before the United States military just pfft. two jets? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the? <laughs> and here's the thing, even like I said, even if within the military, and we sure they have their numbers in there too. Yeah. You, that guy in the jet might not care. Yeah. And he's acting on orders from a general that might see like yeah. this is insane. You know, like we can't absolutely not have insurrection. I don't care who, what well, president, yeah, and that's the thing. What too, lame duck? Pre- here's one scenario though. Before we continue, I read where if he loses, and this sounds more likely to me because he doesn't care mm-hmm. about the country. I hate to tell you that he doesn't <laughs> care. He's only the man only cares about himself. Uh, that, he's I not, saw him hug the flag. He's not so alone. I don't in this. know what you're talking about. He's, he's his megalomania, his narcissism. He's certainly not the first nor the last. But he doesn't care. He only cares about his own self-preservation at that point. Right. So I saw a potential where he could lose, say, fuck y'all, you didn't deserve me anyway, leave, like, resign, Nixon from Oxus, post-defeat, so he was going to be going anyway, but resign right after, so, like, early yeah. December. Pence so we- would then become president for, those, for that two-month period, who would have pardon powers. Hmm. To give him wide-ranging pardon powers from anything that he might be brought up to charges on post-presidency, which we know he very well and most likely will, on some charge. The, the New York that I told you that mm-hmm. Southern District of New York is coming after him for the for the fraud, mm-hmm. and it's it's. But if that were the case, wouldn't it be? I mean, wouldn't somebody in the Southern District of New York say, "Let's not bring any charges up till Biden's in office"? I don't think it can work like that. But I don't think it much matters. Like, you, like, what, what? It's just a scenario that I can act. Here's the thing. Even if he does, he's not that, I think he's smart enough to try to self-preserve. Self yeah. But I don't think, it, his viewpoint will be more in line with, I can't believe I lost this, mm-hmm. but fuck him, I can spin it. And like we talked about, he's not, he's not going away until he dies. Right. He's, he's a mouthpiece for the Republican Party. Yeah. So he'll say, oh, well, fuck it, I'm, I'm leaving, y'all didn't deserve me anyway, and yada. Mm-hmm. And that, that gives him the whole, like, ah, well, whatever, I'll let Pence do it, I'm bigger than this, I can go back to being a billionaire. And in the meantime, they might, I don't know if they would say, like, let's drop these charges now. Yeah. But I don't, I think you can still just preemptively, like, if the, if the case is ongoing, which it is, mm-hmm. and they know that, and there's more. He's constant. He's he's got like constant suits. I mean, go back to the Trump University thing. I mean, yeah. go on down the list of, of fraud and whatever. Some kind of blanket pardon could easily. I mean, it's presidential power. If Mike yeah. Pence said like, I mean, the damage that guy could do with two months in office mm-hmm. without having just the only positive thing is that some state rules. For instance, Georgia is like this because of this election. They would actually be sworn in on November 30th of this year, some of the newly elected senators that will be either new or old, that will roll through this cycle. 
some of them, including Georgia and some others, and Alabama and I think a few more, they uh, inaugurate their senators before term, before the end of the year. Mm. So that could be something rather important. If Raphael Warnock pulls off some amazing victory, yeah, it's Warnock if John Ossoff, those are the two that they would be sworn in yeah. to the United States Senate in that month. That day. Not that day, right. but within the month rather than waiting until January 31st. <clears throat> but does that necessarily matter if the Senate's not going to have a session before January 20th? It well, they you could all kinds of special sessions. If Donald Trump left office, it just quit post election because he got beat. Anything that they they might hold special elections. I mean, we don't. That's the thing. There's so <laughs> there's so much we don't know. Is today the thirty first? No, today's the first. That's what I'm saying. So we're like let almost a month, a little over a month, right? November six. Over a month. Yeah. yeah. Wild. I I don't know. I, like. It gives me that kind of like rumble in my tumble because I just don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't really care anymore. Right. If if this is the country that that decides to to elect him twice, if there's enough people, mm-hmm. then this is where I live now. Or not and even I, I, enough people if it just falls that way with the electoral college. Oh yeah, that too. Because <laughs> technically, I, so it wasn't a lot of people. It was the just last under time. the turnout was just. It was still, uh, I believe, the highest ever, especially since. You know, we started letting everyone vote, but <laughs> it was like sixty-one percent, like we talked about. Right. If the turnouts in the seventies, if it blows away every record, I'm sorry, Republican friends. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, yeah, because still, I mean, take the politics out of it. Historically, statistically speaking, when more people vote, Democrats win all the time. If if the turnout, if I if it's over sixty-five percent, which would be the largest ever, I. That's why you see the stuff about like we got to stop them from bail voting. We need to, you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. there's 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 people like part of a strategy here is to browbeat and say and, and when they ask why does Donald say like he won't leave office or he'll fight it in the courts mm-hmm. because it gives the insinuation to people who don't ordinarily vote and don't have that kind of energy or care to say with ease and we've all heard it. Well, it doesn't matter if I vote; it's all a fix anyway. Mm-hmm. That's what you want when you don't want turnout. So you browbeat people right. with crazy shit like this and say, oh, my vote wouldn't matter. Well, it absolutely matters over time. Like mm. On a grand scale, your yep. little vote absolutely fucking matters. Because, if, like I said, anything over 65, to me, it's, it's over. It's, right. I'm not saying it's a blue wave. They might – because a lot of people – I believe this. They talk about shadow voters, people that are not talking sh- – or not – Saying anything, but are right. still going to vote Trump. The silent majority. The silent majority, they or whatever. Love to think they, if you listen to Limbaugh or Hannity, they love to think that their numbers are misreflected, yeah, or unreflected, really. Yeah. But there's that there's so many of them. No, I would <laughs> counter that if I was on their programs. But that might be true. There might be people that are just actively not engaging with people on politics and knowing full. Well, they might even be telling their friends, "Oh, I have to go Biden." That's what but I do. quietly are well okay with riding Trump again. Right. But for every one of those, I'm convinced there's either an offset or even more that are saying like, I'm going to shit on the libs to my friends and family because that's expedient. Mm-hmm. But I can't do this again. This is <laughs> like, like well, I, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with Biden. He's probably you know, oh he's going to spend so much money. Big. Well, hold on now. Mm-hmm. How much? Tr- how much trillions have we added to the debt? We're at twenty nine. 
trillion dollars in debt. All that's done is shoot up in yeah. the Trump administration. That's it, good conservatism. Yeah, like that conservative <laughs> argument's gone. Yeah. You're losing a lot of your fucking your you building no blocks here. You, you have no moral argument. <laughs> you can try to push. I mean, your abortion thing now, but see, that's yeah. the, they are they, another the interesting aspect to the election. There's people now that don't have that. They've a comp- mission accomplished. They're going to dominate the Supreme Court for the next however many years. They don't have to say we have to vote Donald right. to pack the Supreme Court. It's packed. Right. You've got your Supreme Court. So there might be people inclined to say, I. Well, and uh, what's his name that goes on Don Hessler sometimes? The, the political analyst, Bill something, Bill Bob Crane, Bill Crane, whatever his name is. He was talking. This was before the debate. He was talking about how um, Trump's losing ground with the elderly because they're dying of Corona. Well, that, but also a lot of them, even though maybe they are lifelong Republican voters, they just don't want to do for- like they don't know how much longer they have to live, and they are just kind of tired of his bullshit. And even though they maybe don't like Joe Biden, they don't want what might be their last four years on Earth to be more of the same bullshit. Yeah. So. You take the coronavirus deaths out of it. There, there is a movement with old people to just say, "Fuck it, just let the Democrats." Have, I want normal again, mm-hmm. and because in their in their view, this demographic, getting rid of the maniac, even if it means getting someone you don't like, means it might be normal again. Everyone wants that. The new, the you hear that stupid term, new normal, mm-hmm. whatever. Everyone wants to get back to the the old days. So there might be, there's going to be any number of fucking reasons that someone decides. I just happen to believe that if you want to talk about a silent majority, that's fine. But you mm-hmm. need to understand that there's just as many silent people on this that are saying, "Fuck this, man!" Like I, the man, look at the debt. I hope there's people that look at that and be like, "Hold on, what about conservatism? Yeah. Ever happened here? This uh, is." I know you're not a fan of his, and I'm not really either, but I, I listened to Von Hesse the day after the election. Uh, oh, he gave, he gave it in. Well, uh, they, they had a roundtable with Monica Pearson. Remember old Monica from Channel 2? Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't see that, but... She used to be Monica Kaufman, the, right. only, the only black lady On named Kaufman. On his radio show, he said, I want to know why Chris Wallace didn't ask either of them at any point about the $28 trillion debt we're now in. Yeah, I heard the same thing you did. It... It's like what you don't ever hear anyone asking a conservative in power about the debt that they've increased. Mm-hmm. It's like you've lost moral high ground because mm-hmm. you elected a pussy grabber, you know, <laughs> and now you're not really a fiscal conservative. Uh, I mean, it seems like all that party wants to do is control women and take away Obamacare. Well, they're mission accomplished. <laughs> it's like that's what we want. We bitched for eight years about Obamacare, but we don't have a replacement. We're just going to get rid of it. Yeah. And we'll go back to privatization. It's just the winning. You'll get taken advantage of. Von said it right, kind of right, too, where he was taking the American people to task for this is what we this is what we do. This is how we communicate now. Yeah. And he's not wrong. Well, yeah, that but him standing in some kind of moral high ground is, is pretty laughable to me when you listen to his program. For sure. It's, you know. What he said was, I mean. The guy's a libertarian that is not and sold that shit out <laughs> to to maintain I, a job. I want to call the open mic all the time like Eric make fun of Christians like you used to on the on the regular guys. Yeah. He, he won't do that. I know it's because I've noticed ever since you got on WSB you don't make fun of people's sky wizard anymore. No. It, he, it's because it hurts your demo. It hurts his and then, <laughs> but then he'll, he'll play it off like he, that he's not concerned with that. Like fuck man shut up. You got fired four times with the regular guys for any number of decent reasons. Right. Now you now you've found a niche 
almost despite Larry Wax right. on on America uh, the Deep South's oldest bandwidth radio station mm-hmm. that happens to still have a heavy listenership with the Hannity crowd and even though you're in the mornings and you play some altruistic middleman mm-hmm. it's not fucking hard to see who when you write your fucking morning scripts it's not a it's not something that's we yeah. can't tell what you're doing. You're yeah, I, I mean, I would love it if he grew a set of balls and started making fun of believers the way he used to on the radio. I don't even guys. need the believers. I just need some, like, look, man, you can talk. He seems to have a real problem with the woke culture. Yeah. And a lot of people do. But it, it, my big one for him was he went after the defunding the police thing. Mm-hmm. And he's, I don't want to live in a city without police. And I'm like, so you, again, you're just t- towing the party line here. You're not. Looking this at this objectively, you're saying that defund the police means get rid of the police. Mm-hmm. You're you're choosing to buy that hook, line, and sinker. And even though you're a smart man, right? And you know that a police department with a fifty million dollar budget could probably do just the same job with a thirty million dollar budget, and twenty of that goes towards education or mm-hmm. infrastructure or anything to support the public good. You don't want to hear that. You just yeah. want to see that we're, we're coming after. We want policeless societies. Right. Well, I guess my point is I don't need him to make fun of believers. I just want to see him take a position where he intentionally ostracizes his his listenership. At least, at least I would and like a take Stern him serious sort of again, right? Like piss piss them off, you're, and you'll probably get more listeners. You know, it's the Howard Stern thing. More people listened that hated him than that liked him. Fuck yeah. Like you've built this audience. You've got a, a foothold at WSB. Like... Let a little of your old self come out. You can still maintain your middle-of-the-road libertarian nonsense, but let a little bit of your old personality come out and start making fun of the people who listen and not just the people that you don't like. It's like I heard him taking the task to the everyday citizen, but I never hear him talk about it. It's like you're on the most conservative talk show. Some of your conservatives say some pretty fucking stupid, fucked-up shit Mm -hmm. all the time, and I don't hear you go after them. Like, I hear you go after the left. Right. Or those woke, stupid millennials. <laughs> it's just like, if, if you're going to chastise the American public for allowing the discourse to reach this new low, yeah. let's disperse that blame where it belongs, which is everyone. Yeah. You can't just say we've gotten here because of those woke millennials. Yeah, at the Thanksgiving table. Because the not, left has gone yeah, crazy. At the Thanksgiving table every year, it's not just woke liberal millennials stirring shit. Nope. It's everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'll be I didn't watch it. I, well, there's nothing to watch. I, I watched it, and then I started getting high, and and then I started eating pumpkin pie and Ooh. Doritos, and I was, I was good and stuff. I went to Trader Joe's, man. The pumpkin pie thing is just... I just got a Kroger pumpkin pie. It's it's not great, but it's I'm talking about fine. just the... We all know it. There's too much. Too much pumpkin pie, everything. Pumpkin spice, pumpkin pie, oh, well, pumpkin... I, I don't disagree, but when I saw the pumpkin pies in the bakery at Kroger, I was like, yeah, we're getting that. Because I like pumpkin, pumpkin pie. pie huh? Was it good? It's not great, but I didn't have to make anything. That's true. But it was the fourth or fifth bite in, and I'm just sailing, where I realized, like, I don't need to keep watching this, because mm-hmm. there's no scenario where I finish it and go, you know... I wasn't going to vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. But Did after you catch- watching this debate, I've decided, like, so I was like, I'm going to watch golf. And I just turned it off and I switched yeah. over to YouTube. The, the crazy thing. So this past weekend, you know, football started for the SEC. And 
the before the Auburn or before the Georgia Arkansas game, you know, they, they teams joined together. They came out, lined hands, and they did like a solidarity thing yeah. for for black folks and you know police mistreatment. No one in the stands, but they showed it at the Florida Ole Miss game. Every single player and coach after the anthem. Not in conjunction with the anthem. Right. Right before kickoff on the field, everyone took a quick knee. The SEC is allowing 25%, and this game was in Ole Miss. The boos rained down, and I couldn't help but be like, I mean, at what point can they do anything? They're not doing – they're not kneeling during the anthem. <laughs> they're not – so it's not a flag. Yeah. It's not a, a disrespect of the country. It's right before the whistle blows, and they're all on the field. They just take a quick knee show solidarity doesn't even say well, black lives matter it just says hey can we live can we have some like police protection and not no the people were were raining down booze yeah. on their own players and and other teams just and the only reason you hear it i don't want politics in my football it's just so fucking stupid when when can they what what could we what would have been allowed <laughs> what would not have gotten them booed? What you're allowed to do is arm up and put on Punisher masks and storm your governor's yeah, mansion. I don't, that's what, that's you're, what allowed you're allowed to do. to do. Of course, if you do that while you're black, chances are you'll get murdered. <laughs> I'm allowed to do that. Now, you just need to shut up and dribble or whatever the fuck it is you want. <laughs> and I love the con- – after the game, because it was a stressful one, I was just looking around, went on the AJC page, and I'm looking – I'm not on the FB, and I'm looking at the comments, and it's like all these old biddies – well, I, I didn't watch it for the first time in 40 years. And I was like, well, good, you old craggy bitch. <laughs> like, I'm just to the point now where I'm like, I, I'm ready for y'all to... And it doesn't need to be corona. It there's could a, be natural yeah. causes. But I, There's I, a good swath of you that just need to go. I mean, just they really do. <laughs> just vitriolic, hate-filled people that are convinced that this country yeah. has never had any racism. They're not racist. It's all overblown. If anyone's race, I saw the one lady say, "If anyone's racist, it's all the black people with their black month and their black schools, and that's racist." I was like, "Jesus Christ!" There's such a level of disconnectivity here yeah. that is like beyond <laughs> stupid. But that's my point. I don't even give a fuck anymore. If the country's willing to do this for another four years, then fuck y'all. Have at it. Let's see what's left. That's where I'm. Yeah, at. I mean, if you if you are what you say you are, if you're that fan in the crowd, like what? How much better? Would it have been if when those players did that quick knee, if everybody in the stands just stayed silent? Nothing. Just stayed silent. You don't have to show, you don't have to affirm your support, and you don't have to, there's no condoning. Like, who's to say what they did as a symbol was political? Now you've made it an issue that's what by I'm saying. booing. I like that. Because they all, that's, that's a good point. Because they say they don't want the politics in the football. Yeah. But like, then they'll turn around and make it political on their back end. Yeah. I don't watch it because. Well, and it's like if by you booing like that, now you've engaged mm-hmm. with the politics that you don't want in yeah. the sport. You've made it political. Like, what do you tell kids when they're getting picked on? Like, just ignore them, and they'll go away. Essentially, it's not always the case. Some bullies are dipshits, mm-hmm. but you know, Trump's a great example. Like, if you don't give him attention, he'll flail. He'll he'll flail. Mm-hmm. You know, don't watch. Yeah. Don't do so if it bothers you, it can bother you. But by booing, now you're engaging in the <laughs> thing you say you don't want. It was wild, man. I was like, there's nothing these kids could do. Nothing. There's they they literally it's 
the opinion of the racist is worth more than the act of trying to show solidarity against racism. Mm-hmm. It's so absurd. But it makes it... I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm like, you know what? Just be openly racist. I, I want it out, like we've talked about. <laughs> Just wear the swastika on your fucking forehead at some point. Because... Yeah. You know, you're booing. Like when I heard the boos, I was like, "Well, if I was in the stands, I'd be like racist." That's that would be me. That's probably not right. Yeah, it's probably not right for me to just put them in a category like that. I'm a small business and I employ two black guys. I am not a racist. I just don't want a bunch of colored. I'm sorry. I don't. (laughs) I misspoke. I misspoke. Stand back and stand by. Shit. I love it when the people get caught now. My new kink is, is watching people say some racist shit on live television, like sportscasters and shit. Mm-hmm. And then they try to walk it back. Oh, it's it's so fucking lovely. Because they're like, I am not that person. That's my favorite one. When someone says something shitty. Yeah. The, the Reds broadcaster, Tom Brenneman, like a month ago, was on a hot mic in between commercials and said, oh, that place is the fag capital of the United States. <laughs> and they had it. And then they, it, the game was on. He says it. There's a brief break where he, I think he has an oh shit moment. And he's like, yeah. and we're back, top of the six. He tries to just launch into it. There's no getting around it. <laughs> so an hour later, after the game's been going on, there's this guy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not me. I, I'm a deeply religious... He tries to pivot to like... You know, I'm a Christian man. I know this is. Oh my God, it's yeah. so sweet. It's yeah. nectar. Out. I'm like, oh, yeah, you got I, well, caught out. My faith teaches me that homosexuality is an abomination. I oh shit. I'm, <laughs> I don't want to get out of this. If we don't say something, these fags are gonna. Oh fuck. <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, MAGA. Fuck. Oh. Well, I don't. I can't remember his name, but there's a there's a Republican, a former Republican senator, I think, who's like the. He's the your typical Republican mouthpiece on CNN. It's Rick Baker or, or whatever. Rick He's, Santorum. Yeah, I think that's who he. Used, is. He ran for president. He kind of put his foot in his mouth when they were talking about the the uh, the debate and the whole like, Mr. President, you have the opportunity now to denounce white supremacists, Proud Boys, etc. Mm-hmm. And he, he did the whole stand back and stand by thing and, mm-hmm. and just kind of dodged it. And I think it was Santorum. He, he, he was like, well, the problem there is, he, you know, if he. With if he denounces white supremacists, then then they won't, and then he just kind of stopped himself, and everybody knew where he was going. Like, oh, if he denounces him, then they won't vote for him anymore, mm-hmm. which implies that you want them to vote for you. Yeah, of course you do. And he stopped himself mid sentence, and they were talking about it on the radio. Was like, yeah, he kind of kind of started off like trying to make a point, and then quickly realized, oh, if I if I put words to this, we're basically going to admit yeah. as a party that we like it when racists vote for us. I was going to say, he, he, he stopped himself not to save his shitty career. Right. He stopped himself because he realized, fuck, I might give away a major point of, of emphasis for <laughs> yeah. our election here, yeah. where we have to we have to, okay, Black Lives Matter as an organization, I don't know anything, I don't know much about it. The push to get engaged voters that you're more often seeing is for a very specific reason to get this man out. Mm-hmm. I mean, voting campaigns started by MTV are going to be slanted hard one way. Right. Le- LeBron James and his 100 million followers, they're, they're well aware when he says to vote, he's more or less telling you to not to, to vote for this guy because I said so, but right. he's telling you, like, let's fucking vote. There's, there's but, a, yeah. Go, no, go ahead. There's, there's a question. Like, let's let's... Let's. What I'm saying is that the galvanization goes both ways. Right. It's just that one one side can say, "Hey, young person, 
Is this the country that you want? Do you want to feel like you have some pull and some decision making? You should vote. Whereas the other side is saying, hey, we can't openly say this, but we really need to galvanize these races. <laughs> it's two different – it's just two different galvanizations. They're yeah. both – they're both important right. to, to their, respectively party. to their yeah. parties, but one side has to be Rick Santorum like it. Yeah. Well, if he if he disavows the white spread – oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's 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 hard because well, I mean, how does racists are Americans too? I mean, you want them, every oh, vote matters. You know, what? you know what? Go to somebody else. <laughs> he goes to the pass, office. Pass, every, pass. every every vote matters, I think. And well, I, you know what? You know what? Pass. <laughs> I'll pass on this one. I need some water <laughs> and like a sugar cookie. <laughs> I'm in trouble. I fucked up. I fucked up. No, but, but that's the thing. That's- to, to kind of switch gears and maybe it can get us into another topic. The thing I always think, like you said MTV, and it made me realize, like, what do you think of when you think of liberals and the networks and entities that are behind them? MTV, porn stars, rock and roll, fucking good movies. Mm-hmm. Like, what world do you want? Do you want the fucking... Fox News is that what you want Mm -hmm. that's your society you want country music Mm -hmm. slanted news fucking bad comedy yeah like really bad show me a good conservative waiting for the good meme yeah like is that what you want Mm -hmm. because you know maybe you don't like all their ideology but if you go a little left to center look at all the fun culture you get I mean look at the the convention alone (laughs) take away someone named Trump and your side if you're on the right you've got Scott Bayo and James Woods. That's that's my. I guess that's a better distillation of my. Point. That's what I'm saying. You look look at the spokespersons for this party mm-hmm. and look who do you want to do you want to? I know he rapes kids, but do you want to hang out with Tom Hanks <laughs> or do you want to hang out with Scott Bayo? <laughs> I mean, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Do you want to hang out with LeBron James? I, I would say. Or do you want to hang out with Kid Rock? James Woods would be fun. Because <laughs> I have questions. In like a dangerous sort of way. Uh, in a dangerous sort of way. But like, yeah. Do you want to hang out with Danny DeVito or do you want to hang out with John Voight? I, I mean, for fuck's sake. Just think of it in those terms. Like, do you want to watch Dinesh D'Souza movies <laughs> for the rest of your life starring Jim Caviezel? Or do we want to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. actually get into an I, I hear you. I. Do you want to hang out with Bill Murray? It doesn't. None of this fucking matters. (laughs) At the end of the day, that's what I was like. It just, uh, beyond the great thing, I feel feel better about it a lot, (laughs) is that none of this fucking matters. Right, because it's all going to go away. I mean, not just all of it. Leah was saying the other night, I was was watching this internet video. It was stupid, but sometimes I get my time. It was showing you to scale with New York City as the background. It was showing you the, the scale of these uh, science fiction um, ships. Mm-hmm. So all imaginary ships, like the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. all the way up to these massive megastructures from Star. video games and oh. Death Star. Yeah, yeah, like things I've never heard of, Battlestar Galactica, shit like mm-hmm. that. And video games and stuff. But I was like, I was looking at these things as they're getting bigger, and you're realizing, like, shit, one of these Imperial, like, to, for those who need perspective, like, one of these imperial cruisers from Star Star Wars mm-hmm. would be like the size of Lower Manhattan. It's just a monstrosity. Right. right. And I was saying it's interesting to me, only in the sense that I feel like 
this is where we're going. This is what these ships are going to look like. It's a matter of like, how do we build them? Of course. And she's yeah. like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, we don't have anywhere to go here. Like it, it took, it all started cause we watched one video. I said, it took 200,000 years for the world's population to get to a billion, 200,000 years from call it day one mm-hmm. to, to get to a billion people at the turn of this of the 19th century, 18th or 19th century <clears throat> into the 20th. It took less than a hundred years to get to 9 billion. Mm-hmm. There's just, it's not a mathematical equation. That's hard to understand. Mm-hmm. It's we don't have anywhere to go. The, if you look at a population density map, it's not as if people love India so much that they stay there and create the most <laughs> populous country on earth. Right. They don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. You don't like if you see empty spots on the surface, it's because they're uninhabitable. It's not because we choose to avoid <laughs> those areas because yeah. bad rent like, or like two thirds of Australia. Like two thirds of the world is water. <laughs> that's not habitable unless we do well, some. I was going to say grow some gills but, and then maybe, maybe. Yeah. But we don't have anywhere to go. The everything, like we talk about climate change, and I, I saw a TED talk that it was like pretty much we're we're past the precipice of return. There's no we can't fix what we've done. Mm-hmm. We can't no amount like. Every country on earth could come together and reinstitute the Kyoto Accords and make a concerted effort, mm-hmm. a really concerted effort. Listen, in a utopian society, this would have to happen, but every country gets together. We're going to and, get together and spray mm-hmm. children's ibuprofen <laughs> on, on the atmosphere yeah. and bring the earth's fever down. Yeah. So, Please wear a mask. We're, we're already past the deadline for trying to finish or fix what we've done. So whatever comes next in this in this version of the world that this guy was painting Space out. Spaceships. Well, it wasn't the spaceship. That was that was my ad. <laughs> but whatever's coming next, we will have to invent our way out of. We're going to have to engineer our way out of whatever problems we create now. So the, his part is saying at least we have that on our side. We are consistently evolving. Mm-hmm. We're getting smarter. We're making more advanced technologies. He his belief is we will invent our way mm-hmm. out of this trouble and I laugh at that I laugh at that because that implies that we have any level of control at all beyond like at all like we have to work on a baseline and I I gotta tell Lee all the time I want to see a tornado up close Mm -hmm. I always wanted to see a tornado close I've always wanted to be I'm always kind of jealous of the guys on the weather channel that -hmm. get to go to Panama City Beach when a cat four hurricanes coming in the Gulf I think it's Oh, I, I could die. Mm-hmm. I'm well aware of that. But I, yeah. to 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 actually feel how just worthless we are in comparison to the natural world is, would be all encompassing for me because it give you that baseline to work off of. Mm-hmm. Where you can't. You're saying we're going to invent our way out of whatever problems are coming, and I'm telling you that's not how the natural <laughs> law and order works. We might invent. The best technology ever, but if we do that, it's going to be an escape vessel because we're not. This is done. Yeah. Whether it's a hundred or a hundred thousand years, this is over. So our only destination is out into space, which Leah is terrified of. So she doesn't like to talk about it, which is why I like to talk about it. <laughs> but I was like, that's whatever you're seeing. Well, hey, science listen, fiction. Talking about space, if you'll just suck on my. Dick. <laughs> 
Science fiction, it's already done that for us. We've taken what we've seen and mm-hmm. and only in movies and videos and created it. Mm-hmm. You know, so our only goal is to get off, and then it gets even more interesting because we'll feel like, all right, we did it. We're gonna we're gonna venture out into space, and then it's like, oh, but we can apply. It. What rules are you going to apply now? <laughs> How will you invent your way out of getting too close to a black hole because you didn't think your way around a navigational system that's supposed to last for thirty years and keep people in hyperspace? Okay, first of all, are there any Muslims on? The- <laughs> exactly. That's the other <laughs> problem. The other problem is, yeah, we're gonna invent our way mm-hmm. out. But we're never going to invent a way to be less shitty as a species <laughs> so that the minute we get on the fucking cruise ship okay, I into know space... We had a rule on board uh, heterosexual couples. only problem <laughs> is there's too many kids. <laughs> and so if you want to pair up man-to-man to, to take a kid, we're willing to look the other way. <laughs> it's kind of like... <laughs> When the plane's overloaded, right? When, the, when you get on a commercial flight and they and they're halfway through boarding, and they say uh, this flight is full, we all the overhead bins are going to be filled, <laughs> so you will have to check your bag. Mm-hmm. But for now, we're looking for volunteers. It's the same thing. Yeah. Hey, listen, we got a lot of fucking people on this <laughs> on this Mars bound flight to save humanity. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I know the rules. Supreme Court said it and everything. Only heterosexuals. That's fine. Replanting all that stuff. But here, it's a fucking lot of kids. <laughs> so we've we've done some changes. Yeah. If you're willing to take a man with you and check your woman, yeah. <laughs> <okay>? <laughs> we'll get you on, uh, dude. You'd have a lot of conversions, <laughs> real fast. I promise the blowjobs are great. In fact, I hear that's mostly what happens. Think about it. He has one. He's gonna know what you like. Yeah, you've probably never sucked a dick, but chances are, <laughs> since you have one, you'll know how to do a really good job. So, anyways, volunteer. We have a lot of kids that need two dads. <laughs> And there's no oxygen on Mars. And that's something we're still trying to sort out. And if you gays would help with these kids, we could figure out the oxygen thing. Because we're going to be there soon. So anyways, I'm just saying, listen, I had my dick sucked by the guy last week. It's, it's pretty great. And I'm still straight. I'm still married. She's not super psyched that I did that. But I feel like if I'm going to get up here and pitch it to you, I got to know what I'm talking about. What kind of a chef would I be if I didn't taste the food? It's because more and more extended. So anyways, I'm having a rough week, I tell you. Oh, we got to figure out this oxygen thing, you guys. Work together here. But anyways, so anyways, gay up, take a kid, and... Um, We'll see you in March. So that's my whole thing. It's like none of this fucking matters. It's it's not, I mean, elect who you want. Burn mm-hmm. it all down. Get rid of every deregulation. I guess I'll just have to, my whole life will be predicated on trying to figure out how Vivian fits into all this or any future kids. But, yeah, I mean, I do what you want. When, when you, I said it last week, I think, you know, when you get behind a car from the 60s and how bad they smell, mm-hmm. it's like that's before there was regulations in place mm-hmm. for emissions that pollute the air. Sure. At one point in time, every fucking car on the road smelled like this or worse. Mm-hmm. And then someone came along and said, that's not good. We need to regulate that and yeah. fix it. That's a small example of what the benefits of some regulations can be. Yeah. And if you get a libertarian in there, he's like, eh, fuck it. Yeah. The market will sort it out. Like, yeah, Speaking we'll of regulations, I, uh, <laughs> just to tie it back to the old, old school, I got a great Livia Soprano story for you here, a real dark one. You know, I was reading the news the other day. Some kid 
So parents was it take Star Ledger. No. <laughs> it's your Star Ledger. Thanks. <laughs> Greatest scene in the entire series. <laughs> Most I've ever rewound any of. It. But uh, where was it? Fuck. Uh, it's just a dark story. Parents take their kids out for a day on the lake. It's mm. a no. They had to go through a no wake zone. Mm. Uh, so you basically are just at cruising speed as right. much as the boat will go no power given to it right uh, uh, turns out and this is something good to know because holy shit when they're in that idle mode in no wake zones the exhaust of the boat and pilots are aware of this because this is how it works in the air as well the exhaust doesn't just shoot and like disperse out mm-hmm. it circles the boat yeah so if for those that are in like the, the rear the aft of the boat they're just sitting in a bubble of exhaust right and it's like no one really thought much of this. This nine-year-old kid is back there. All the kids from like nine to sixteen are telling their parents they don't feel good. Mm-hmm. They're really tired. They're weak. Two kids are like huddled, sitting there, like, "What is going on?" The nine-year-old sitting on the back of the ship. They're about to dock the damn thing. He just falls off, mm-hmm. and it turns out the doctors told him that he was probably dead by the time he hit the water. It wasn't a drowning situation because they were saying. Parents were saying, well, he probably drowned. It's Facebook, so it's the worst people imaginable. <laughs> but they're like, given all these, like, oh, I boat all the time. Yeah. You know? But it's like, I got a boat. I got a boat. I got a boat. This never fucking happened to me. All I grew up do in a boat. When we talk about human beings now, is just talk like Dax Shepard from Idiocracy. Oh, yeah. Dax lost his sobriety run. I saw, saw that. that. I saw that. Um, but, yeah, so the kid's dead. I like money. He died. <laughs> dead. Yeah. I, was, I thought I told Lee she's like damn that's dark I was like I was a little Olivia Soprano wasn't it I didn't mean to like dampen the night with a story about I heard a whole family died of strychnine poisoning <laughs> carbon monoxide I don't answer the phone after dark <laughs> mom I can understand not answering the door but the phone <laughs> I don't drive when they're predicting rain. rain that's my favorite man Olivia was so good but yeah, it's like another. No, I, I believe kid that on the back of a boat. It was like yet another thing that I looked forward to. Like, nah, my my in laws because my father in law was in the navy. There's a navy sit in the front of the boat. That's this. There's a navy um, hangout. I don't know what to call it at Alatuna. If you're a retired navy vet, you can like rent boats at steep discounts and go out and do a pontoon boat on, on Lake mm-hmm. Alatuna. And they push it, like, every summer. They want to take the girls out on the boat. And ever since I became a parent, I was like, no, it's deep water. Like, if they go under and you lose them, you they're lo- they're gone. They're, yeah, that's it. Like, no amount of flotation devices are going to make me feel good when I picture, like, Jack Dawson and Titanic just sinking <laughs> to the deep. Like, no, it makes me uncomfortable. I said, I'll be tense the whole time. It won't be enjoyable. Well, what are they trying? Hold on. What are they trying to do? They, like, they want to go take out, them on a tube or something? No, they want to, like, boat out to, a, like, a spot in a cove, drop anchor, jump in, and float. Okay. And we have... And I, it's fine. In fact, the last time we did it, the girls were both wearing life vests with a crotch strap. They were having fun, and they were within an arm's reach of somebody at all times. Right. But what you're talking about is a thing, because every time we're in that mode, all of a sudden, you just, you just fucking, all you smell is exhaust. It's yeah. intense. So, I mean... Carbon monoxide. That's all it is. Just I'm sure it, it's not... It's never been so bad that anybody got sick, and certainly not so bad that anybody's ever died. And people, when we go out on these boats, are sitting... Rear and, and front. Yeah. 
chances are this boat maybe was just a little past its prime. I don't know. I, I, they say they've been on the boat was like six years old. They've been at, they've been doing it for six years. It's just apparently in a no idle, or when it was an idling in a no wake zone, it, was, mm. it makes it particularly deadly. So now mm. this whole woman's like mission in life, which I can't even fucking imagine. I mean, that's the thing. It's like life's hard enough, right? Mm. In two thousand twenty, in any year, but yeah. particularly this year, to be like, fuck, man, I can't even think like. I don't have a boat, but if I did, I can't even like take the kid out on a boat and not be worried about exhaust fumes. Yeah. And why, why can't we, in, we? But don't worry, we'll invent our way out of climate change. <laughs> don't worry, populace. That has gone eight billion strong okay, in a hundred years. Okay, everybody, listen up. We've got a new issue. The ship to Mars is fine. However, <laughs> we're producing a lot of exhaust. <laughs> On the back end, a lot of kids are dying. So, hey, from before when I say we need gays to help with the kids, we need fewer gays. We've lost a lot of kids to the spaceship exhaust. That said, all of you with rooms in the back, you're going to have to bunk up with somebody in the front. We're going to put the gays in the back. We're going to put the gays we need to get rid of in the back. The gays we want to keep can bunk up with the heteros in the front, um, and we, we've discussed shooting the dead. We have we have a problem now. We have a Saturn ring of yeah, dead kids have, around the ship. Still trying to figure out the oxygen thing on Mars. We're going to be there in about a week. We'll see what happens. The, the uncertainty of this cruise. <laughs> we got a string of dead kids just floating around the ship. Anyways, wait, staff, push the shrimp. It's starting to go back. <laughs> Would you do that? Space I mean, cruise? Uh, yeah. Fuck no. I don't know. I think I would. I mean, not with the technology. I mean, I'm assuming that we would have some kind of technology to do it. But I'm I'm always fascinated by like a like oh. an aliens film, right? Like mm-hmm. a Prometheus, where they travel to these worlds and they're they're put in some kind of cryogenic sleep. How does that work? Like. <laughs> Is that a thing? I, I is, that, is that something we're working towards? Being able know. to put you out for two years and still, like, have your body function? You're going to be... Like, if someone told me, you're going to be one of the first people on Mars. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go... I don't know why they're taking it, but what a waste. <laughs> what a waste. Just randomly selecting humans. to. Yeah. Just, what do you do? Uh, well, I'm currently unemployed. <laughs> what about that before? Oh, uh, frozen stuff? I used to sell <laughs> okay, pops cool. and cake. You want to go to Mars? Uh, I used to work on cars. Oh, great. We have an exhaust problem. Listen, <laughs> will you go to Mars? But here's the thing. Like, we're going to put you to sleep for two years. Yeah. And, of course, it's two years home, assuming yeah. all goes well. And so it's four years of your life that you're asleep. Also, it's physically impossible for you to ever come back to Earth. Is it? Yeah, that's the that's a big thing that, like, what they're talking Wait about. Wait a minute. What a, give, give it to me here. Uh, the amount of time it takes to get to Mars... They're, they're saying, like, you know, Elon Musk has this this trip planned once mm. they have, and there's going to be a group that goes, but they're not going to be able to come back. Why? They, would, they wouldn't be able to get here in enough time or something like that. Um, you're, can you give me any more? Like, I don't, know the, I don't know the exact nature of it, but, like, however long it takes to get there, it would take longer to come back. And by the time all that's happened, like, you, you'd be too old to come back, basically. I don't believe that's true. <clears throat> I'll look it up. I don't, I'm not. I don't only know. only because like a satellite can make it there and back. What's the difference? I don't think like. Oh, it's not like it's that movie Interstellar where Mars is the time on Mars is one hour equals a day on Earth. That's not how. 
Why can astronauts not return from Mars? Where, what's the source material here? From Quora. Uh, all right. Uh, returning humans to Earth from Mars is so impractical with current technology that we may as well just call it impossible. Certainly more cost-effective methods of rocket propulsion manufacturing hardware. Uh, here are four reasons. Returning <clears throat> higher gravity than the moon. The gravity on Mars is, is more than twice that of the moon. Uh, it's a longer distance to come back. There's limits to rocket acceleration. Okay, so it's a matter of the technology. Yeah. So we we don't have we have the technology. We could get, get you there because we can blast you from Earth. Right, but you can't but blast the, back. We can't blast back. Yeah. So you can't land. It's not the Democrat blasting me in the ass. It's <laughs> <laughs> Mars blasting me in the ass. So uh, that's my thinking was a satellite just goes around and uses Mars orbit to yeah. turn itself around. So there's no yeah. need for so propulsion. That's, that's been a topic with the people that are going to go. So you could go you do a roundabout. And get back because you can use that slingshot. Maybe that, you that, have that your article said it takes twenty years to get there. No, that's what it said. That's part of the other issue. Twenty years. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll, I'll just do a Google that. search. How many? How much time would it take to get to Mars? To how long does it take to get to Mars? Twenty-one months. I was gonna All say right. it's two years. It's not. Yeah. So I'm saying you could blast there, do a loop, and come back, but there's no top third question. Can you breathe on Mars? <laughs> this is who we are. That's Dak Shepard from Idiot. Can you breathe on Mars? <laughs> I like money. <laughs> Can you breathe on Mars? <laughs> we should uh, we should wrap it because the phone did the thing where it started a new recording. Okay. And I got to make sure that the hour and fifty minutes that we did. WFUCK! Mars is number one radio station. Coming up next is nothing. It's bleak. Everything's going to come to an end, and you can't breathe on Mars, and your kids are dying from exhaust. Here's Nickelback. Olive. <laughs>